0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Neon Genesis Evangelio, our watch-slash-rewatch of Neon Genesis Evangelion. I'm your host, Jell, and I've got with me, as always, my co-hosts, Iroh and G. And a bit of a bittersweet episode this uh, this week, as it's our last one. We
1: Oh, thank have... goodness
2: we are finally <laughs> free. <laughs> we have reached... The, until literally, uh, until they put Evangelion on the uh, whatever media delivery platform will exist in uh, tw- another twenty years from now. Okay,
0: so we'll, we'll regroup in twenty years and do another rewatch. <laughs> of course, of uh, Evangelion when I when I'm uh, when I'm <laughs> applying for social security, uh, <laughs> if it still exists.
1: <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I was gonna say um, uh, you're you're awfully optimistic that we're that we're all gonna <laughs> still be here in twenty years
0: not go off on that tangent um so yes we have literally reached the end of evangelion as uh we we finished up the tv series last episode and this episode we are going to talk about the end of evangelion movie and then we're gonna wrap things up with our final closing statements and our inner final thoughts on the show but uh we do still have a lot to talk about in uh, this final episode and we will start, like we said, with the end of the movie. And so this was a theatrical release that came out like barely a year after the TV show ended. And I think it's pretty clear it's at least in some ways a
2: response to the backlash. It's got to be right. Like I... to... it's probably this is more like 18 months after the show ended. Uh...
1: I don't, I'm not going to get into my fucking thesis on end of Evangelion two minutes into this podcast. Oh, but, okay, uh, we, I we. have some. I have. I, I am a little bit more skeptical about the explanation that oh, end of Ava is like Anno like lashing back out again at at the fan base because I don't know. There are some things in this movie that some of it feels reactionary, and some of it definitely feels like Ano's attempt at like. A do-over so to speak
2: there are sure. elements in this movie or rather in episodes 21 26 there were elements there that like you can kind of make a one-to-one uh between them
3: yeah
0: and even the fact that it's it's framed as episode 25 and 26 again
2: right yeah is 25 prime and 26 prime sure um so i just think it's funny to say that i'm sorry
0: yes i agree uh but yes even the fact that they're both episode 25 and 26 feels like a do-over right so um but let's let's get into the the details of it then so uh like we said it it is even though it's a movie technically it is divided into two episodes Mm -hmm. the first one being episode 25 titled air and we we pick up uh, this is this timeline wise. This would have been, I guess, shortly after Karu dies. Yeah, Shinji's in bad shape. Uh Asuka is also in bad shape because she has not recovered from the previous angel fight and mm-hmm. is basically in a coma I'm in the sorry,
1: hospital. was in worse shape. Yes, uh, you could say Asuka, Asuka
0: is not even conscious. So, yeah, um, and. We kick things off with Shinji visiting Asuka in the hospital. He's feeling desperate because everybody's—he has nothing. He feels like, feels like he has nobody left. He even specifically says like Masato and Ray scare him now, um, and he just wants Asuka to wake up and yell at him again.
1: Well, gee, Shinji, maybe you should have visited Toji in the hospital. <sighs> no, he, no, didn't they,
0: did they move him out? Of Tokyo, point.
1: he's not even in this movie. I, well, I, just, I know he's
0: not in the movie, but I can only
1: assume out? that he and Kensuke have been shoot out. I don't yeah. think Kensuke I've heard, shows I've, up either.
2: Yeah. I've heard talk that there was a, to be a scene with them in this movie that was cut. um I don't know how true that is.
1: I mean, that scene that sounds more like wishful thinking. Yeah, yeah. Again. Like, I, 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 I'm not going to hammer it again. I just, again, I will point out that like. For 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 all Shinji like bemoans like the lack of friends and connections he has, he sure doesn't really put in a good fucking effort to like stay in touch with any of them here at the end of the story.
0: Yeah, that's why. That's why I was kind of saying it's like his perception of things, right? He feels like everybody has left him and he has nothing left, right? Which is, I mean, it's true to a certain extent, but, um...
2: uh huh.
1: I don't know. I, I guess it's, like, for me, it's, like, the vibe I get from Shinji just, it, like, like, this is gonna be, like, a pervati- pervasive, I, I, I guess, theme throughout this movie for me, but it's, like, I feel like this is the beginning of, like, this movie just being, like, how, like, fucking pathetic can we make Shinji? Like, like, how, just, uh... Yeah. I don't know, just, uh, how... How like how much how of a low set, can he go? Yeah, how low can he go? Because he gets pretty fucking low here in the opening minutes of this movie.
0: Yes, within not even five minutes into the movie, uh, we get to quote unquote that scene.
2: Um, I forgot that this was literally, like, literally like, like right in
0: the beginning of the movie, <laughs> where uh, you know, this is sort of the infamous scene where. Uh, yeah. I... Go ahead, G.
1: I was gonna say uh, same. Uh, sorry, I just was gonna say echoing the same thing. Like, I am familiar with this scene due to cultural osmosis. I had no clue this was at the very beginning of this movie. Like, wow, way to set the fucking tone yeah, of uh, your film. It's
0: shots fired right off the bat. I think, uh, if anything, to say, hey, this is a movie, and we can get away with stuff we could never get away with on TV, um, even borderline for movies for that uh, matter. But. <laughs> Uh this is the famous scene, of course, where Shinji ends up masturbating to Asuka's naked comatose body in the hospital.
1: Very cool, Shinji. You really have grown up. I'm so proud of you. Just look how far you've come since episode one. <laughs> hard mm. to uh
0: Hard to get too much lower than that, which even Shinji acknowledges.
1: I mean it
0: does, but also like Doesn't make it okay. No, yeah, just no.
1: it it's it's that tough thing I fall into where it's like Shinji is clearly depressed here, right? Like of course he's going through a real tough time. He just, you know, killed, you know, Kaoru and all this stuff, but like I don't know, man. This is like it's like I'm not again, I'm not gonna say out of character, you know, I'm not I'm not gonna say that. I know some people kind of throw that accusation at the end of Evangelion, but like it is such a stark turn, I guess, for like the way this story has been going, the way Shinji's character has developed like i feel like i have heard people make the claim that well like yeah shinji's like a depressed like desperate kid like we all make mistakes and i'm like no my guy like this
3: is
1: (laughs) this is more than a fucking like innocent mistake this is not just boys will be boys this is is some real fucked up shit and like i guess guess for me it's like you know like yeah you were you were saying at the very beginning this like oh this is like you know like like Enevva is Ano taking shots at the fan base, and like I'm sure somebody has made the argument that like, oh, like this is Ano being like, ooh, you like Asuka, huh? Well, guess what? Like, you know, here's your Asuka fan service, you sick fuck. But like, it's also like portrayed so gratuitously that like, I don't know. It's it's like if it's a scene meant to like make like the the fan base feel ashamed of themselves. I I uh. I guess I'm not sure, like, if it quite succeeded in in that regard.
0: Yeah, I don't know about that. Um, as far as Shinji's characterization, I do agree, and I think I noticed it more on this rewatch. It did kind of raise an eyebrow a bit on his path from where we left off in the TV series to like now, more so than I think it had when I the first time I watched the movie. Because mm-hmm. I I still don't know if it's off if it's that far off base but it does seem like a lot of the progress that he had made has been undone at this stage I and start... and I, I will say like if we're talking about people you know suffering from depression or you know other problems you know it's not like there's a magical switch where they're just better right so like i could see maybe approaching it from that angle but i think
2: that like his downward trajectory of the last third or so of the show uh like to get to this point would have needed another half show worth or something yeah. of like, you know, continuously going downhill. Right. Whereas yeah. it yeah, feels I, like I, it drops off a cliff.
1: I, I think that's a good way to put it is that the way Shinji acts in this movie, I, I will get into this more as we get further into our kind of recap of the movie. But like, I'll just say for now that like the Shinji, the way Shinji acts in this movie, I'm not going to say it's unbelievable. I, I can see Shinji plausibly acting like this, but as Aero said, I think I need at least, like, two or three episodes after Kaworu's death to, like, continue to portray that downward spiral. Right. Because, like...
0: I think that's fair. So it's not just dropping off the cliff. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, yeah, we'll get, we'll get a little more into Shinji's state of mind in a bit here, but... Uh, so after we leave the hospital scene, we get a couple of scenes cut together here, I think with you know, Masato kind of talking about the things that she's found out from Kaji mm-hmm. in her own investigation. And also Sele themselves basically explaining the concept of instrumentality. And, you know, that's, you know, the time is upon us now for, uh, for this to happen, where we're going to all, mer- all become one or whatever the whole plan is. And, and, Sele finally uh, makes their move. Um, yeah, Sele
1: has had enough of Gendo's shit. Like, after an entire 26 episodes of <laughs> Sele saying, Gendo, if you fuck with us one more time, well, we're gonna come for you. They finally make the, good on their uh, their threat.
0: The, like, 14th uh, d- time is a charm or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I do want I do want to point out that there's a... I do... I. It's a shame that this scene is, like, such a small bit out of this movie and the show as a whole, but we do get a a tiny conversation between, uh, Maya, Hugo and air guitar guy. And, uh, you know, they're basically just like, we beat the angels. Aren't we done? Like we saved the world. Why is everybody still on high alert? (laughs) Right. Right. And it's like, I feel like, I feel like I really would have liked to have seen more of their perspective as a cipher for someone who is more grounded in this universe. Right. Because like, you know, all the other characters are just, like, like, you know, Shinji and Asuka represent, like, are practically, like, more metaphors than characters. Like, same with Gendo. You know, Ritsuko is a whole nother fucking can of worms uh, <laughs> as what she represents as a character. Like, Misato, I feel like, used to be a little bit more grounded, but now she has kind of gone full in on, like, her own deal. So, like, we don't really have any, like, I'm not saying that, like, traumatized people are not, Normal people. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, I feel like the bridge bunnies here kind of represented like a more like you know, I'm not saying these people were not traumatized, and they're plenty traumatized by the end of this movie, but like they kind of represented a, a mindset of more like what what is all of this for people where working at Nerve is just a job, you know, right. like yeah, like you know, a very important job, but not like a you know, like, I, I air like guitar guy work. is. Right, like air guitar guy is not like nervous. My life's work, like I have devoted my life to destroying the angels. No, air guitar guy is probably like I got
0: to pay my rent so I can, uh, you know, keep up my guitar playing. Right? Yeah,
1: yeah. I got to pay. Yeah, like I, 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 I work at Nerve I won't because like I pay my
2: hairstylist. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, you know, air guitar guy is probably just like, well, I work at Nerve because like I switched majors at the last second in college, and it turns out that like Nerve was looking for like I don't know, fucking analytics communication specialist. It's the most, uh, steady, also,
0: steady work you can get when there's... Also, a it helps pay ending. for,
1: like, my expensive guitar or something, you know? Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, that's, but, good.
1: And, and, that's a good point. I, it's just a shame. I'm not saying, like, oh, we need... Like, maybe this is a, maybe there's an episode that would have fit more of the TV series. I would have liked an episode of the TV series that's just like, what do these three guys do, you know? like. Yeah. Ironically, I feel think, like they get sprinkled
0: um, into this more than they usually do uh oh, totally yeah.
1: totally but like at the same time i feel like even in this movie they kind of serve as just like
0: they're like the viewpoint characters right
1: yeah yeah they're viewpoint characters who just kind of serve to like be talking heads to like move the plot along because fucking in the next like 20 minutes there is nobody left alive to do their jobs so.
0: yeah so as we were saying, Seilei makes their move. They start by trying to hack the Magi computer, and uh, this means uh, getting uh, Ritsuko and Masato back to work. It's that desperate of a situation. Um, mm-hmm. Gendo has the balls to go get Ritsuko out of her cell to have her stop the hacking uh,
1: attack. Is that is that balls, no, or is that just wrong, like... that's the wrong term. Is that just Gendo being shitty, being like, being you a have a use again, woman. Usual like, asshole self. <laughs> like, get out right, there and yeah. do the thing I expect you to do. <laughs>
0: yeah, and uh, Masato takes, get, gets back into the, the uh, her operations command role as they try yes. to deal with this, um, so... Ritz goes, uh fighting back against the hacking thing, and this isn't important, but I just wanted to mention that she puts up a type 666 firewall.
1: God, uh, don't even. <laughs> it's, it's both very good, but also the dumbest fucking thing. <laughs> like, the single dumbest thing yeah, this movie Genesis Evangelion, baby. Like, I'll, you know, I'll get, it, the, I'll get into this mean? more as we uh, uh, get further to
0: the If movie. you're going to name but, your uh, firewall, that's... Uh blocking god or whatever you might as well name it uh,
1: this is what i mean when like (laughs) i like this is what i mean when like earlier in this podcast in in this series of podcasts we've done where i said i don't actually know what he's fucking doing with this judeo-christian imagery and i feel like that that one's
2: just a fun
1: no that 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 was just a
2: parking garage later
1: (laughs) yes i guess i guess what i mean is like i feel like so watching the Evangelion TV show, I kind of came away with certain thoughts. I came away with certain like takes on the show, and I also came away with like a perspective on like many of the things that are like associated with Evangelion, both good and bad. I feel like end of Evangelion almost kind of becomes like a weird ninety minute like like showcase of all of Evangelion's like most like egregious stereotypes, <laughs> like. The 666 Uh, firewall is, like, emblematic of, like, Anno just, like, playing with, like, Judeo-Christian bullshit that he clearly doesn't actually understand. Like, in the TV show, it was, like, a little bit more nuanced. I mean, as nuanced as you can have, like, three AI computers named after the three wise men. But, like,
3: Mm -hmm.
1: it felt a little bit more in the background, whereas here it almost feels like Anno's just, like, I'm just gonna throw shit in here because it's
2: cool. They
0: lay it on pretty thick, for sure. Um... But uh, but
2: yeah. Also, I would like to point out even in this movie we get some reused footage oh, of the anti hack. Yes.
1: Yeah. Well, I I do
0: we do we talk about the whole rebirth thing and how this this came out as part of like the.
2: That's right. It did happen. Yeah,
0: I think we, we mentioned should, it briefly.
2: The episodes were death out of death and rebirth, and rebirth is this first half. Right.
0: So so by the time End of Evangelion came out. Basically, this first half had already been seen, and I mm. guess they had patched together. They were still patching stuff together at that point. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, we did get a little bit of the... We still got the, the shot of the, the Magi computer going to the last little blue blip, and then... Uh, I mean,
2: whatever. It's a good-looking <laughs> it, shot. It's a, good, so. it's a
0: good image. It's fine. Yeah, um,
2: it just thought it was funny. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yes. So so, so Risco does manage to stop the, the attack... Perhaps unfortunately, <laughs> because
3: Yeah, once the, uh,
0: once the hacking attempt stops and uh Sele was gonna try to do things the nice way, they're like, Well, we're gonna have to do this the hard way.
1: Yeah, but Sele well, goes from fucking zero to sixty here, where they're like, Well, the hacking didn't work. Time for time for murder, I guess.
0: <laughs> yeah, so they send a uh, special forces strike team to infiltrate nerve and basically
1: kill everyone. Yeah real spec ops shit right here. which
2: i mean i four, think like random guards are just like yeah. yeah i i i do like
1: this scene though in the sense because like i mean it, it you know it's it's a very like this is a very well-worn trope in media right like the the it, 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 you know so what we're talking about is like we kind of basically had a montage of like the JSDF special forces infiltrating and invading uh nerve headquarters and kind of mm-hmm clandestinely killing their way through you know its personnel yeah. and like you know it's 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 very like well done it's very well executed from a presentation standpoint it's like it's very horrifying in a lot of ways it's we haven't very gotten like, this type of modern military stuff for a while right, right. and like you know there's part and, and and i and i you know i think it definitely gets into this element of like you know Again, very well-worn trope of like, oh, man is the real monster, right? Like, you know, man's inhumanity to man. It's a very well-established, you know, trope, right? And uh, you know, we have the bits where, like, the nerve people are like, you know, this is not. What th- what is the lines like? This is like, we're prepared you know, to fight angels nothing.
0: or something, but not
1: right, right? People. Yeah, like, like these are people who like, like these are people who like are technically trained by the military like they technically like probably put hours on the range you know right but like these are not
2: I, I, uh goes to pick up the gun or whatever and yeah they're like you went through basic training didn't you
1: right but it's like these are people who have never
0: actually shot human beings right. like they're like scientists and these... engineers and at best like security
1: right. guards right and and i do i do like this yeah yeah and and, and i do like this because like it reminds you That uh, Nerve is a paramilitary organization. They are not military. They are parallel to the military. And that much of the power, much of the clout that we saw them kind of swing around in the TV series, this is like a very harsh reminder that like that clout only exists so long as the powers that be allow them to. Right like it it, it kind of like it kind of like weirdly enough it made me flash back to like the the early days of this show during like operation yashima where like masato could just fucking drive to a military base and be right. like we're taking your positron rifle right and like it is that reminder that oh this this authority was only like lended to nerve nerve never actually had this authority and they never had like and without the evas they actually right. do not have the ability to enforce that. Yeah,
0: they actually have the line when the invasion starts where they're like, you know, all legal protections or whatever have been lifted or, you know, like, yeah, they have, like that. Yeah.
1: It, it's a very uncomfortable reminder of like human nature and relationships that, like, laws, you know, I'm not, I'm not, believe me, I'm not going full fucking like Darwinist here, but I'm just saying that, like, laws only exist as long as people, like, decide to uphold them. Right. And, you know, Again, like these are all very well-worn tropes, but I think that, like, End of Evangelion, which I'll get into, like, I have a lot of problems with this movie all said and done, but I do like this scene as kind of that, one of those, like, kind of, it is a good version of, you know, that trope.
0: Yeah. And we've we already been kind of hinting at the, the real enemy is man thing, even.
1: Oh, for a while. I mean, this is, a bit. But this know... is,
0: like, the literal manifestation of it at this point, right? Yeah. There's literally you know, this is... people coming in and violently murdering uh
1: one of those dudes got a motherfucking flamethrower. Yeah, that, that like, seemed like
0: a little much.
1: That seemed a bit, like, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, that's some fucked up shit, my guy. Like, I, I'm not, you know, killing is killing at the end of the day. But, like, you know, slitting throats and silenced pistols, I get fucking. <laughs> <laughs> flamethrower is just. is a lot, man. Unnecessary. It's a lot. And, like, I, I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh. What was i gonna say uh you know I, I, it's it's it, once again that thing of like you know this is i know taking a lot of inspiration from from toku right like we talk about like what are evangelion's inspirations and like i think all toku movies usually have eventually have that like scene in the middle that it's like man is the real enemy but they do such a good job of kind of executing on it here all
0: right so uh the special forces are pushing through nerve uh, they have been commanded to kill the Ava pilots on site, so Misato yes. prioritizes getting them to safety. So we have—does uh, d- she know where Ray is at this point? Because Ray is internal uh, dogma with Gendo, as we saw at right. some point. Uh, so I,
2: during this, Gendo gets up to go there. Yeah, uh, yeah they, I, I don't remember
0: if we saw that yet, or we
1: just—yeah,
2: we see Ray leave go. her leave her apartment, and we yes. see Gendo right, uh, right, right, right.
1: there. I uh we do I do like the scene where they're just like Asuka is not even conscious and they're like just throw her in the goddamn cockpit and Shooter toss you into, into the bottom of the lake some
0: time right? Yeah. And uh <laughs> they there in the hospital room. And uh they they want to uh deploy Shinji, but uh Shinji is curled up in a ball under a staircase somewhere.
1: Shinji, yeah, Shinji just continues yeah. to be fucking like Yeah, just Again, I, I'm, not, I'm not blaming me for it. I'm not trying to, like, you know, I'm not trying to, like, fucking blame him for the way he's acting in this movie. But, like, this is kind of the... Be- like, so, so, gel, when you... Or, how hell, both of you. Like, how long after the original TV series did you guys watch End of Evangelion?
2: Um, it was a couple years for me. Uh, okay. Probably, like, right after for me. Because I was, like, you know, watching all Sure, work.
1: sure. Okay, like, did... I guess I'm curious because, like, so so so, you both had kind of actually pretty different experiences on this. Like, I don't know, man. Like, coming off the TV show, like, just Shinji seems even more pathetic than usual in this movie. (laughs) Like, fucking. I mentioned it at the
0: end of last episode how, you know, the the memories are coming back to me now. Like, I was actually pretty cool with Shinji by the end of the TV series. And the end of Evangelion movie is what, like,
1: really soured my opinion on him. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling because like, again, like I don't, I'm not trying to blame him. I'm not trying to victim blame him here, but like, it's just like, he is such a sad sack of shit in this movie, even more than the TV series. Like in a way that almost feels like a, not like a mockery, but like a, a caricature
2: of depression almost. Right. So I think like when I thought about always like the Shinji in my head all these years has been TV show Shinji this whole time. Even after watching End of Evangelion, if that makes sense. And so, like, watching it now does kind of throw into, like, stark relief. uh, I
0: I think... I think it was the opposite for me where my kind of long-term right. It seems to be
2: that one for most
0: people. My <laughs> long-term memory of Shinji was End of Evangelion Shinji, which is why when I went back and started watching the TV show again, I was like, oh, maybe Shinji wasn't so bad. I kind of forgot because i had been like 10 years or something. And now I'm remembering. Um, I do think mm-hmm. I do think on this rewatch, I think I understand Shinji's like feelings better, uh, but
2: I still I don't feel switch. like it's
0: enough... For me to change my general opinion of his actions in this movie, um, you know, right. Start, starting right off the bat with what he does to Oscar, but then even how 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 just completely defeated and just completely giving up, almost in yeah, like in a in a way that almost doesn't quite line up with the 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 character arc that we've been sold yeah, on
1: like i mean so, so long story short Misato sees shinji fucking curled in a ball on the camera on the security camera so she has to bail from headquarters to go single-handedly rescue him.
0: right so she's got to get to unit one so that they can yeah. sort to unit one and maybe have some hope of stopping this right yeah so uh yeah so yeah misato takes off to get shinji to unit one which uh in the meantime uh central dogma gets breached and our uh bridge crew ends up getting caught in a shootout with the uh, yeah with the uh the special ops which they say they're the only reason why they're not just not dead is because they're sitting on top of the original Magi and they don't want to blow it up
1: right um fucking air guitar guy got a fucking uzi in this yes just, <laughs> yeah he's straight, straight up
2: in his in his, desk. in his desk
1: yeah look man like yes yes you know i uh, right, again, the reminder that this is a paramilitary organization, like, <laughs> uh, air guitar guy probably fired an Uzi, like, once at the firing range, a <laughs> like, oh, cool. keeps that thing, and and keeps that did, thing in the <laughs> desk, because he doesn't need it, because, like, when the fuck, like, because that's the thing, right, again, like, when the fuck would Nerve ever even need these handheld weapons when they're fighting the angels, right? Like, right, even right. when, like even, like, even when Ribbon Arms was about to fuck up Central Dogma. All the way back in episode 22. Like, well, the fuck, Eric Guitar guy got to fucking grab that Uzi out of the he desk would. and, like, start dumping rounds. <laughs> I, 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 I wish he did. I really wish he did in retrospect. Like, I feel
2: like a couple things this movie kind of cement him as the best one.
1: <laughs> I, I really came around on him, even if I literally, he is the one of the three I cannot name. I think his name is Alba. Oh, is what? Alba. Alba? I don't think I've ever heard that Aoba. in twenty years.
0: Oh, oh
1: Alba. Okay, yeah. okay, right, sure. I think, uh, sure. Air guitar guy.
0: Um, Air guitar. <laughs> so, uh-huh. so yeah. So they're kind of at a. They somehow managed to keep them at a standstill. I guess because they're on the sitting on the computer
1: and right. uh, can't use the heavy weaponry on them. Can't bring out the flamethrower on this yeah. one. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so in the meantime, the troops do find Shinji as he's crawled up under yes. the stairs. And they're about to put him down and, and until Masato shows up at exactly the right moment.
1: She just fucking action heroes these dudes. Yeah. Like, um, I guess... Uh, like, we got we got that soldier guy who literally drops the line like, fucking nothing personal, kid. <laughs> to, mm-hmm. which, to which Masato pulls off the very good, like, action hero counter one-liner of also saying nothing personal to him. Right. When she uh, fucking blasts him point through blank. Through
0: the chin. Um, yeah.
1: Some real John Wick
0: shit. Yeah, I guess Masato went through more than basic training then. Um,
1: yeah, me. I mean that feels like Masato. I feel like I feel like when Nerve was at the like you know company training day, you know I bet I bet Masato probably took like the optional CQC courses yes. that like <laughs> nobody else that like weren't required yeah, or were drunk, like quote, unquote, unquote,
0: unquote, encouraged. Channel that uh, anger on, uh, and hatred toward yeah. the angels into. Yes. Your, you know, your close quarter combat training. But, uh, yeah, so she takes the dudes out and she's like, let's go, Shinji. And Shinji is just a lump on the floor.
1: Um,
2: yeah. Yep. It drags him away.
0: All a jelly that she literally has to drag, uh, through headquarters because Shinji basically has given up. He's like, I want to die. I don't remember if he says that now or he's going to say it later. Doesn't care.
1: Motherfucker says that every goddamn yeah. time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, um,. So while while uh while Shinji's or Shinji's getting dragged through nerve, Sele finally is like, you know what, just nuke the place. Um
1: <laughs> yes. I mean Bust there's a the line where one of the GO bridge friend. Yeah, there's a line before they were one of the bridge bunnies, or maybe it's Fuyutsuki, is like, Well, at least they haven't busted out the N two mines and yet.
0: Then the N two mines start raining from the sky.
1: Yes it's it's some real fucking like galactic heroes uh what was that line in the movie like uh-huh. it would take a madman to launch missiles into this like nebula and then they launch immediately uh, really cuts to uh reinhardt launching missiles into the nebula <laughs> right. yes so
0: uh while they're doing that we we catch up with asuka who's still sitting at the bottom of the lake in unit two she starts feeling the mm-hmm. aftershocks from the explosions and that's kind
2: of they start shooting like they're shooting like death charges at her. Yeah, they're all right. Like, yeah, they're yeah. also shooting yeah.
0: death charges because like they know where she is, but like you, ha- you know, yes, it's pretty hard to bl- just blow up an Evangelion, right? So, uh, <laughs> they start shooting death charges, which which starts to wake her up, and she's.
2: Hmm. In you want to highlight. Go ahead. Two really all quick. Right. Want to highlight the Prime Minister of Japan's crazy office. Oh my God! His fucking clock room. Oh yeah.
1: yeah. Yeah, that was this is weird. the only time we see the prime minister. It's, it's like it's such a weird scene, but also it's like, I guess it's like this weird acknowledgement that oh, like I guess a government does exist in in the world of Evangelion. That is, it is not just technically an eternal struggle between Sele and uh, Nerve and the Angels. But uh, right,
0: well, I mean, technically it's the the JSDF that's that's conducting the uh, the raid on Nerve, right?
1: Well, yes, yes, but I mean that they're clearly like, being, the you know, commanded right. by, yeah. yes, yes.
0: Uh, Yeah, so uh, Asuka starts to wake up, and I guess in yeah. stark contrast to Shinji, she starts with, repeating
1: to herself that she doesn't want to die. Um, yeah. Well, I do like this because, like, it, it is, like, we start to hear, like, both voices, like, you know, her voice saying she doesn't want to die, and then also, like, a kind of a, a montage of other voices, you know, that are, I I think implied to be um, what her mother, right? Like at least based on some of the lines there, but I do like that is like a, it is not a consistent mix. Like some of the lines are like, you got to live Asuka, you got to get up. But Then you also have some of like the like die with me lines that like, it's like recorded earlier in the show. It's like,
0: she's literally having the internal conflict in her head is.
1: Yeah. I mean like it is. Yes. Yes. And, uh, but uh, yeah, I do. I, I, you know what? (laughs) Like, Fucking! This movie decides to fucking turn it on for uh, for Oscar. Oscar becomes Oscar. Reminds us all why she's the best girl. <laughs> fucking she she fucking gets her shit together. You finally, come
0: around, G. I've brought you around.
1: It only it only took twenty six <laughs> episodes and half of this stupid fucking movie, oh. but Oscar uh, finally is like, man, fuck this. I am going to. I am. I am going out swinging. Yes and that is what she does She's like i don't
0: want to die you know my my mom she realizes the connection with her her mother in unit two and is like i you know mom's been here with, with me all along whether that's true or not i don't know but whatever she needs to tell herself and right like that's
1: what i <laughs> that's what i love about the scene is so like fucking asuka's like you know what i finally get it I maybe mean, here's the here's what i love about the scene is that in in story asuka fucking Boots up unit two, makes a huge cross-shaped explosion of like fuck you <laughs> And fucking Unit Two fucking rises out of the goddamn lake like a goddamn kaiju, fucking Pacific Rim style, lifting a fucking like yes, battleship over her head. Fucking, Everything in
0: her scene in this movie is good, but
1: fucking like tosses this thing at like the JSDF forces. And, like, it's, such a, like a, it's like such a triumphant moment, but, like, because it's Evangelion, like, the thing I actually love the most about this scene is, like, so in story, Asuka's like, I finally get it. I get it. My mama's always with me. I'm invincible because I got my AT field. I, I'm fucking invincible. I am on top of the world. I am 10 out of 10. And the thing I love is that, like, because of who Asuka is, because we know who Asuka is, and, like, based on, the, you know, who she is and her insecurities, there's, like, a very, like, manic episode energy to this scene. You know, like, I'm not gonna say that, like, Asuka is, you know, bipolar, but, like, there's an element to the scene where, like...
2: It's like, such a turnaround from where she was two minutes right. ago.
1: Yeah, but but in, in a way that many people often do, where, like, you know, it's, like, again... Not even remotely comparable, but, like, I have totally had these manic episodes, like, when I'm, like, you know, like, you know, as, like, as an artist, you know, as a professional, like, artist, like, I have those days where, like, when I'm creative, it's just like, well, this is just a job, this is just what I'm doing, getting, getting by day by day. But then there are those days where I'm just fucking drawing for, like, 16 hours straight, and, like, when you're in that, like, headspace, you're like, why the fuck, why, why, why am I not always like this? This is sustainable. This is emotionally right, it's, and mentally it's, sustainable. Um, why don't I just? Why do I, I just? Why don't I just? Why don't I just go at one hundred percent all the time? <laughs> like this feels great. Like I get it. I, I I I am in the right headspace. I finally understand it. The world makes sense. I just have to stay like this twenty four seven, and that's like that's what it feels like to me with Oscar. Like I don't know if Oscar's actually come to the healthy conclusion yeah. about her relationship with her mother. I don't think it's remotely healthy, but like. Right. It's just like she's like I don't care like that's the, if that's the answer I have to, to I have to arrive at to hit this like emotional state
0: <laughs> right
2: then like fuck it why the fuck not it,
0: right it does feel like a triumphant moment until you think about it a little bit more and it's like maybe this isn't healthy but it's probably better than just getting blown up at the bottom of the lake right so
1: right right like, <laughs> I, I'm not, I don't mean to take away from it. it is triumphant and but also is just. <laughs> I just I just love that, like, Asuka feels all of a sudden, like, so energized, but also because of, like, what we have seen of her character and because of what we've seen of her, like, internal monologuing, like, I'm not sure we can even agree that she came to, like, the right or proper or, like, mentally stable conclusion
0: right. <laughs> Uh Either way, she wakes
2: up and punches a missile, so...
1: Yeah, it doesn't fucking matter because she fucking axe kicks a helicopter.
2: Fucking hand slaps this helicopter.
1: Fucking slaps it out of the fucking sky. She's just like, motherfucker, you can't hurt me. I got an AT field. Like, do you know what Take, that like, means? Take like a giant like, like
0: ICBM to the face or something. Like it's nothing. Uh. Oh my god.
1: Yeah I, I i i do wanna i do wanna start like shouting out certain names starting with this scene because like some of like some of the greatest names to come out of Guy like worked on like. Like the Asuka stuff right. from here until you know the end of the fight with the mass produced Avas, uh, you know, right off the bat, you know, uh, I want to point out just uh, yes, yeah, so uh, the missile to the face shot, we're just uh, we're just Asuka just fucking takes a missile to the face and and it's just shrugs like it it's <laughs> shrugs it off, you feel bad for the missile, <laughs> like, <laughs> like. <laughs> fucking, one missile hits her in the head, and then a, a second missile comes, she just punches that missile. It's just like, it's fucking nothing. Uh, was animated by, uh, this was key key animated by uh, Yasushi Muraki. Um, so he was a guy next vet who kind of, uh, maybe not as big of a name as some of the others, uh, kind of most notably is he went on to work on stuff like Blue Gender, Eureka 7, and uh, Star Stardiver or Star Driver. Um, I think notably, um, you know, kind of, at least, as far as I know, is no longer at Kara, or at least no longer works on anything like Gynax or Ava related. But uh, shout outs to him for this fucking amazing shot to do shot one of the, uh, just,
0: you know the most famous uh, battles in anime history here. A, so
1: yeah, like this, I mean specifically it's the missile to the head shot. Right. I was like, congratulations, you worked on one of the coolest fucking shots in this whole movie. Yeah.
0: So um, so yeah, Asuka's Back up in action and ready to engage the JSDF forces, and as we've seen, uh, conventional weapons do not do well against Evangelions, so she's kicking their ass. She does get her... They, they
2: do. Yeah, they cut her cable. Yeah, she does
0: get her cable cut, like, pretty early on, right. so she does not have... Yes. So we already know she has a limited time, but...
2: Well, like, that's the great thing. That's like, the great
1: thing about, like, Asuka's fucking, like, insane, like manic energy like that she like like the she's like because she 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 hits such emotional lows the
2: fucking rebound is like unbelievable oh i guess i don't like (laughs)
1: like,
3: like, like, i don't
2: don't have the cable anymore but i've got twelve thousand plates of armor yeah she's like i don't give a fuck (laughs)
1: like (laughs) It's so good. It's like it's like the greater the fucking drop in her emotional state, the higher the eventual rebound. Which again, not healthy, but very fun mm, to watch. Pretty
0: handy at this particular moment, at least. Um, yeah. So, so, so while Asuka is engaging the GSDF forces, we do get a shot, I think, at this point of Shinji just sitting there listening because he can hear the radio chatter.
2: Uh, right. Misato is driving him to the. Uh to yeah, the, the M- cage page. um yes and during this segment uh it
0: continues to be unaffected just curled up into a ball um and this th- 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 they they get... like
2: drops the uh, multi- mpa was... they, they,
0: they don't get to the cage yet right at this point i kind of lost track of that. no,
1: no they, they have not, not actually yet. reached the cage when the mpa was yeah showed.
0: so uh right so oscar routes the the the, the Standard military forces, which forces Sele's hand to bring in the mass production series of Evangelions that have yes,
1: and they're just
2: like fucking drop all of yes. them, and it turns out I well, got like, fucking like units like what six through t- six through thirteen or some shit, it's like nine of them, yeah. right? Yeah, so, yeah,
0: just- and they this is they like the creepiest, like most disturbing robot designs, or they're definitely up there. <laughs>
1: These guys fucking suck. I don't like them. Fucking weird grins like their, and, like, like their the big, big lips and, like, these guys fucking suck, man. Like, you know what? I think mean, it's just all the more proof. This 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 scene is all the more proof that uh, Nerve, uh, Nerve lost a valuable ally in Jet Alone. <laughs> uh, imagine if Jet Alone was still operational. Could have come in with the same uh. fucking... By God, by God, that's Jet Alone's music. <laughs> Jet Alone fucking jumps the top row just and tags jump, in just with hold, Unit O Two.
2: P. A. V. A. World Unit drop kicks it exactly. Uh, Jet Alone should have showed up. Flies in this across the ground. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah, we continue to. But again,
1: great scene because there's nine of them, and again, Oscar's like, "Bitch, I got three minutes twenty seconds left. That's twenty seconds for each <laughs> of you motherfuckers." Like like she just does the math in her head. She's just like. Mm, whatever eh, mm, nine of you it doesn't matter like I still got like three minutes that's more than enough time for yeah. to just put you all in the dirt and then she just fucking goes to fucking yeah, town they kind, of, they kind of
0: intersperse the fight throughout the next couple scenes but it does yeah, start kick yeah. off right away because she has limited time or whatever but
1: uh, yeah we she she starts off with a, a scene that again want to shout out another animator here uh, Takashi Honda who is uh, a very like <clears throat> a very like a uh, uh, Well established Gynex vet. He does the scene where uh, Asuka just fucking rushes one of these motherfuckers. Like, this is like, you know, again, like, this is like, this is like, gets into like some of my favorite aspects of like good, like, fights in like good action movies. It's like just the physicality. Yeah, a lot of, of, of brutality you know. just rushes, in this fight. Just rushes one of these motherfuckers, just like starts pounding the shit out of it, lifts it above her head, fucking rips it in half above her head, and like the blood just like, falls on unit O2. Yeah. like it's like some good just like ridiculous bloody murder uh animated by this scene specifically animated by takashi hanta um kind of worked on a lot of like really famous stuff he was the animation director for satoshi khan's uh, millennium actress okay uh worked on uh at least the first rebuild movie i don't actually think he's worked on any of the other rebuild movies which i think is kind of weird and notable like right i, I don't know what that implies about like the, the kind of staff changes that maybe Ano went through after the first one. Right. Uh, he did a lot of like shots in like kill a kill, Nadia, Gunbuster, etc. Just like a uh, really, really well established next vet. Right. And uh what a cool fucking scene. Yeah. Um so uh but geez the robots don't matter
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> those people could go fucking eat a dick because like quite frankly <laughs> The only reason I'm being so positive now is so that just like Asuka, the higher the highs, the lower the lows. It's because uh, I am am fucking as high as I can be on this movie because after this fight scene, I am bringing the motherfucking hammer on this movie because, yo, fuck the rest of this movie. Like, this movie... <laughs> Alright, let's let's uh this fight this this fight scene is the only fucking actual good thing about end of evangelion. I'll just say that right now. Like straight s- up. Let's uh
0: l- l- let's uh try and get through the rest of it here first and then we can uh, right,
2: so, uh Yeah, misato's dragging Shinji uh to the uh elevators or whatever that they need yes, to get to yes, and the, uh
1: car's been taken out, she's still fucking like just dragging this fucking limp ass Shinji. They and uh, uh she takes a bullet yeah, because the soldiers are still pursuing. Yes, yes, and uh, manages to push herself and Shinji inside in time. But uh, mm. you see her like kind of propped up against the wall. You know that like you know everybody's watched an action movie before. You know like this is it for right. her, like.
0: Yeah, but, so uh, this, they do manage to get away into the elevator, and Shinji is, I guess, close enough to Unit One at this point. Um, he just needs to take the final elevator ride, I think. And so Masato gives her...
1: Yes, buddy.
0: Yeah, Masato gives her final speech here, basically saying it's, you know, up to Shinji to do the rest, and Shinji gives his usual, you know, I want to die, I hate myself, I can't do it, etc., etc. stuff. And uh, one of the things Masato said, because there's, there's a lot of points in here that do mirror dialogue in the the tv series ending she mentioned something about hey man you just got to make a choice and then you gotta live with the choice and it's your choice right like something to that effect Mm -hmm. and that's kind of you know where she leaves him at other than the uh i guess the kiss at the end
1: (laughs) so this this speech specifically okay so i actually really do like this speech for a lot of reasons i think that I feel like for better or worse, we were kind of beginning to lose the thread on Masato as a character, maybe because of just like kind of how short shrifted she gets in 25 and 26. Right. And like even before that, where she kind of like loses all of her personality in the name of like her like single-minded like search for the truth of uh, of nerve. I feel like this scene kind of represents a real like return to form for Masato that I actually really appreciated. Yeah. like. And I don't just mean that in terms of, like, oh, this is like personable, you know, goofy Misato, whatever. I mean, I feel like this is Misato like being like as real as she could be with Shinji, while still trying to be like, even in her dying moments, like the best like pseudo maternal figure. She, well, maternal, but then that the kiss kind of changes maybe the tone <laughs> of that, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe you're just into that kind of thing. But um, <clears throat> I actually really do like the speech because like Misato's not even saying, like, oh, Shinji, you got like fucking chin up like she's like she's being as real as she can because
0: she knows she's gonna die right so like
1: yeah she's like life sucks and like motherfucker like shinji you think i know what i'm doing half the time like i'm just i'm just winging it too and i make tons of mistakes and i keep living and like that's that's how life goes that is life (laughs) you know and like I, I really like this speech. I feel like it's very affirming. Like, it's very, like, it's supportive, but it's supportive in a way that, like, is not patron... Like, this is the kind of supportive speech that Shinji actually needs, right? Like, it's very affirming, but it's not patronizing, and it's not, like, insensitive to, like, Shinji's very real, like, personal demons. This is, a, this, is a, this is an affirming speech that understands who Shinji is, because, like, at the heart of it, like, Misato is maybe one of the only people in this show that actually, like, gets Shinji. And, mm-hmm. like, as a result, it makes, like, Shinji's response all the more kind of infuriating, because, like, like, Shinji continues to act like, oh, like, I don't fucking get you, Misato, you're just a scary adult, right. you know? Like.
0: Yeah, and I kind of can't spell it out any more clear at that point, right? Because, uh, like right. I said, this is, these are her, like, dying words. She's trying to. You know, say as much of the the truth as she can say in you know the moments she has left to you know to help Shinji here, and it's frustrating when he's still. I don't know if it's that he doesn't get it, or doesn't want to get it, or isn't capable of. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. I mean, regardless, he is not receptive. He's not, he's like barely even receptive to this speech in like any in in any meaningful way. And, like, this and then the next stuff with, like, Asuka and Shinji curled up in the hangar kind of really gets into, like, the – like, really gets into, like, my problems with, like, how Shinji has been characterized in this movie. Yeah. Like, I'm not saying that, like, Shinji need to be like, wow, golly, thanks, Misato, I'm fixed now. Like, I didn't need that. But, like – Yeah. Like, conversation just, is a two-way street. Keeps,
2: he just keeps sitting down.
1: Yeah. Like, he just, like – even in this moment that, like, feels like – a like, I feel like one of the, my biggest issues with the TV show was like kind of how poorly uh, you know Oscar Ritsko and Masato get treated at the end, and like I feel like if there's anything that could be said as a slight positive in this movie is like the much better like showing that well at least Oscar and Masato get right. you know like and so for Shinji to just kind of like you know go I'm depressed it's like it's, I don't it's, know it's it's it, frustrating it, 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 it's, to watch it's frustrating. Yeah. And it's like, I don't know if
0: I, it's the thing, like, I don't know if I would change it per se. Like, I, I feel like I'm okay with him being characterized that way. You know, And in a way, it's almost, I think we'll get more into this in the final thought stuff. It's almost like, you know, you're supposed to feel or understand the self-loathing in the character, right? Like, so I, I don't know if I would change it, but... The point is, watching it is very frustrating and 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 hard to watch because um, he doesn't respond. I think I think if we're going to talk about the kiss at the end, which is like the last thing she does, um, I kind of always took that as a nothing is getting through to him. This is like last resort. Uh,
1: yeah, but I, the kiss is the kiss is weird because I feel like the kiss, for better or worse, has probably led to like. Some very heated debates about Masato's character yeah. and like who she is as a person. Like, was the kiss intentional? Did she actually mean it? Like, is Masato like, is this supposed to be like an indictment, in- like an indictment of like Masato's character? Like, oh, this is the only way she knows how to connect to people. Like, I'm, I'm sure there are many like interpretations of this moment.
0: Yeah, I mean, when and, she, I, I when she says and, at the end, you know, we'll do the rest later. She knows she's that's never going to happen. That she's going to die.
1: Right, so. she knows she's dying. So like. So like then is that scene meant to imply like 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 Mrs. Masato's like ace in the hole like this is her last trump card like and in that case what does that say about her or is this just her trying to like is it just her like fucking you know like digging through the drawer of her like brain and trying to like at this point throw anything at the wall to see yeah. what sticks
0: right Shinji. I mean it does kind of put a Context on that scene a couple episodes ago, where she tries to comfort him, and we were debating,
1: right? Yes, was
0: there was she implying she was going to have sex with him or something? Um, I, I don't know if there's a definitive answer to any of that. It's an interesting, and I don't
1: think I don't think, there, I don't think there needs to be, you know. But uh, it, uh, yeah, you know, it, it's uh, I, I could see why it is a contentious scene. You know, I, I am personally not as like. I know some people were, like, very opposed to that scene, you know, because of, like, you know, the, like, eew, gross, pedophilia implications, but uh, I'm definitely not as opposed to it as I think some people are, but I think I I understand why it is such a hotly... It it
0: raises an eyebrow, uh, for sure. because,
1: Because for better or worse, like, it does cast a weird, like, shadow on, like, Misato's character after what is such a, like triumphant like like because for what is otherwise like a very triumphant showing for her in this movie.
0: um so yeah and those are you know Masato's last actions. she shoves shinji into the elevator slams the button
1: and gives her uh her gives him her neck yes
0: yes he gives her him the uh her her cross necklace and kind of slowly bleeds out and her Moments but and
1: explode. it explodes. Uh well yes. <laughs> yes. We do get a quick shower. Uh is this where we see Ray for like a, a yeah, yeah. so yeah. pretty
0: much every time somebody's gonna die in the next couple of uh scenes, you're gonna see Ray floating over their bodies in their final moments. Right. Um so uh we do I, I forget what I do want to just mention because Shinji gets shoved in the elevator, and I forget at what point we see him again. When he gets down to Unit One,
2: it's covered in the. Yeah, the plastic, so I think. Or, in the I don't light. know.
0: Yes. I, inter- I, I was wondering, like, would he have gotten in Unit One if he could, or now he just sees it's covered in light and there's nothing he can do about it. Either way.
2: Right. I always. I- Personally, kind of saw it as he sees it's covered and assumes, oh well, I can't do anything. Let me keep let me just skip here. you to give up, yeah, rather, rather than know. necessarily like trying to do right. something. You
1: know? I guess I think I think the charitable charitable take is definitely it says a lot that this is my charitable take on this scene is that Shinji sees sees the bakelite and is like he immediately gives, or he at least gives him an excuse. He immediately gives up because it gives him an excuse, an excuse to give up. Like, Oh no, like, like I guess. Yeah. Like at the first sign of resistance, he just immediately like just crumbles again. And I think that, you know, frankly, I think the more, what I, my personal take on this is that like, Masato's affirming hopeful speech completely failed and fell on deaf ears. And like at the end of the day, Shinji is just too fucking broken. Yeah, to like, like even if it, even if the Eva was not covered in the Bakelite, do we know if like Shinji would have even
2: bothered? Yeah, got like, a like, lot. Wait, have once, like
3: once, done
2: once it freaks out and breaks it itself, and he does get into it, well, he kind of.
1: Yeah, but like, well, the reason why I say that is because like. This entire time, we are hearing on the intercom that Asuka is fighting for her life. And Shinji doesn't even respond to that. Like, despite all of Shinji's claims of, oh no, Asuka, you're the only one who gets me. You're the only one worth fighting for. You're the only person I want to like save. Like, like, even when when he hears her struggling, he doesn't do anything. Like, in the car, he doesn't respond to like, Asuka suddenly being okay again, and then here, again, with the intercom in the hangar, he doesn't do anything. Like, like what, he just, what
2: could he have done to get into it, I guess, is kind of my But question. that's the thing.
1: Why didn't we... Well, we could have at least had a scene of him, like, futilely struggling to try and, like, remove the Bakelite, but he doesn't even do that. Like, we just see him immediately just fucking slump over and yeah. give up. And that is why, like, I... I really, it's, it's like... It's tough...
0: The, the, that part was particularly tough because, like you said, he at this time they're cutting into Oscar's fight with her making her last stand, yes. and he's he's hearing what's going on out there, and we're seeing what's going on out there. She's kicking everybody's ass in like this miraculous, uh, yeah, one v nine fight, where she's
1: No, It's fucking cool as shit. This is some. This is snapping like some... people's
0: necks and <laughs>
1: like, yeah. Like again, I want to shout out a few more animators that worked on this scene. I'll say I'm saving the best for last, of course. But uh, so we have a great shot here where uh, uh, where Ava Unit Two is like is like grappling with one of the the mass produced Avas, and we finally see what lives in the right fit or the let the right fin of Unit 02. This thing opens up, shoots some motherfucking spikes out of it into the head of one of the mass produced Avas. Uh, this scene was uh, animated by uh, Nobutoshi Ogura, um, whose probably most famous other scene is the shot in Fuli Cooly*, where Naoe is holding the guitar and Mamimi takes the photo. It's a good shot. Um, uh, we also have uh, Mitsuo Iso, uh, director of Denno Coil*. He did the he did the part where uh, uh, Asuka grabs one of those fucking like double bladed spears from one of the other units, like, and, like
0: glaive things or something. Yeah.
1: Just chopping motherfuckers <laughs> up, chopping off arms, chopping off legs. Just uh, fucking, it's some good shit. And then, of course, fucking maybe in a man with already a fucking legendary storied career, maybe some of the best shots this man has ever done. Uh, the one, the only. You already know who he is. Uh, Yo Yoshinari. Gynax is young ace. Uh, he did the. he's uh, is young ace. He did the fucking uh, box cutter knife fight uh, against the MP oh, Avas good, uh... again. Very fucking cool fucking stabbing that, like, fucking wrangling that motherfucker under the lake and just fucking stabbing it, fucking breaking off the blade, like, fucking pulling out a new blade. It's some good shit. And then, at the very end of this fight, also Yo Yoshinari is uh she sees she got, like, 15 seconds left, fucking punches through one MP Ava into another MP Ava, fucking grabbing at its core, fucking like, her life depends on it, which it does, and Fucking just trying to rip this thing out, fucking screaming top of her lungs. Some real fucking like some real good gum buster shit here. Just fucking trying to crush this thing, crush this S two engine that has gotten his chest. And then uh, also, uh, fucking another spear comes in from behind her. She fucking blocks that shit with the AT field initially, like it's fucking nothing. And then we find out that oh no, these like double headed spears are actually. MP Lances of Longinus? Yeah, they like they somehow managed to mass produce that thing. Behind, yep. yeah. yeah. I think they,
0: I think and, uh, at some point they imply it's still not the real well, as good as the real thing, of course, but uh
1: No, but a man just got through the, through Asuka's yes. AT field, fucking gets her in the um, eye. Um,
0: yeah. Uh, before we get to the it's such a I, cr- I just yeah, yeah, so so we that fight's going on. Like, like I said, this keeps getting interspersed between a lot of stuff because they do get to before yeah. we get to Asuka's like final end of the fight. We do get the bit with uh, Ritsko's final scene, um, where she is uh, she finds Gendo and Ray down in Terminal Dogma, um, and I guess she
1: yes with uh, with Willith, yes with
0: Will just, just hanging out. out, and she I guess has rigged the place to self destruct. She, uh, she, you know, is ready to get her final revenge on Gendo, and she pushes the button, and of course the Magi rejects her.
1: No, yes, and specifically, it is uh, it is uh, Caspar that I think represents yes. the woman.
3: So her mother
1: that uh betrays betrays the mother and the scientist. Yes. I guess fuck <laughs> okay. it. This is I don't oh. like this scene. This is a, this, this gets back into like why I fucking actually kind of hate this movie on some level. Like I mean, there, there's I thought
0: there's I mean there's also just the I I don't like what they do with Rizko's character. And
1: that's what then, I mean. Like yeah.
0: it's, it's
1: a, this is such a like this such a raw fucking deal for Rizko. I really don't like this. Like I this sucks. I really think this sucks. Like this scene here. So. Uh, to give some context, right? So basically, uh, Gendo is in a rare, like we gotta do the thing, and Ritsko is like, uh, uh-uh. uh. And then, right, the computer that represents the woman of the three, the three pillars of a human right. being, uh, rejects Absolutely. it. Uh, decides to save Gendo at the cost right. of Ritsko, and it just gets back into like the whole like, oh, like all oh, like oh, like women. Am that, I right, guys? Yeah. Like. It's, like, like Ritsuko, like Everything that Ritsuko These two achieved... two women are, like, the
0: smartest people on the planet, but in the end, they're undone by their, you know, womanly desires or whatever.
1: Yeah, it just fucking sucks, man. Like, I'm not even saying, like, Ritzko was, like, the best character in this show, but, like... Yeah, it, I, I
0: don't I, even know if I would say she deserves
1: better, but but thematically deserves better she does deserve better I'm not saying she deserves a happy ending she deserves a better ending than this where like she fucking like it fails she gives up fucking Gendo is like you know Ritsuko actually and then like mouths some words that we don't like hear and like Ritsuko's because you're a liar Gendo gets shot by Gendo falls into the pool of LCL it's just
0: like yeah maybe she did deserve better but
1: served better than this. Uh, so, and
0: as we, between you know, Oscar Masato and Ritsko, we kind of get them all in a row to bring us up to our you know act two low point before we get into the uh, second episode. Mm-hmm. So we come out of we come out of Ritsko's final moments into Oscar's fight wrapping up where she's running out of time. But she-
1: yeah, uh, I do want to point out real quick just because I have to mention it. This is the scene where Ray starts to fall apart. Right? Uh, I don't. That's
2: that's, not or, that's quite in yet. We're getting close. Okay, okay. But okay. it's the, it's going to be the I'll same. I'll bring that up
0: later. Sorry. Setting and everything. Right?
2: All right. So like right after Asuka gets completely torn apart by the MP Ava's Unit 01 breaks the Big Light. Only after all that shit yeah. can Shinji yes, get Only a lot.
1: only after Asuka has been so. I you know, just want to maybe bring it up more, but like we. So asuka's last stand is comes to an end, and all the MPAs turns out that all those MPAs that she so like badassedly took out can regenerate. They have, have S two engines, or, and she does not. Yes, and so they come back to life. They all got this fucking crooked evil grin on their faces, and then they just descend upon her like a pack of vultures. It's a pool, and it's a, this is traumatizing. This is like fucked up. Like you see, like like you see the reaction of like the bridge bunnies to this scene and it's like awful. Like there are entrails. There are, there's a gore there. Are yeah. They just
0: completely like, like eviscerate unit two.
1: Yes. Unit two is just being ripped. Oscar can't pieces, do
0: anything and, like, because she has no power left. Yeah. And um, they they just rub the salt in by the end. Cause like she's starting to,
1: she's still alive at the end. And she's still, like, yeah like, like like fucking like fucking props to asuka right so she's getting all this like pain feedback to her she's still and, like, conscious and, like after her after unit two has been completely ripped apart she is still there she's still conscious and she is still angry like she and she starts she's like reaching up yeah, towards she starts the sky. To move
0: unit two like and they, i think uh, one of the the bridge bunnies even says like oh it's berserker like like they're starting to move unit two
1: yeah, so, so they imply that, like, basically Unit 2 has entered the same Berserk mode that Unit 1 did in uh, Episode 22. It's just in very
0: bad shape at this point.
1: Like, <laughs> but, like, it's too right. late. It's too little too late. Like, Unit 2 has been so thoroughly ripped apart that, like, even if Unit 2 has suddenly found its Berserk second wind, activated by whatever, protected instincts of the spirit of her mother, blah, 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 it doesn't matter. It's too late. And, like...
0: Just to seal the deal, they all, then, like, rain down their lances on the... The body, too. yeah,
1: her hand splits apart in like a very like w- weird way, like you don't see blood and bone, it just like splits like right. it's clay. It's almost like and, some kind uh, of
0: just metaphorical thing or something, I don't know, but
1: yeah, yeah. And just uh, the body, yes, just pierced, I guess, nine times yeah. by uh, so the lances of the MP Avas. It's a brutal, brutal ending, um, yeah, and. Sorry, sorry, I just want to get that through, because it is only after Asuka's tragic death that Shinji suddenly finds the willpower to fucking get his Well, shit I think together.
0: Unit 1 finds the willpower. I don't know how much that has to do with Shinji. I guess Unit or, 1 does,
1: yeah, not uh,
0: Shinji. Because so, Unit 1 decides to wake up now um, and starts breaking out of the, the bakalite by itself, and that, that gets Shinji moving once he sees Unit 1 moving, and he finally gets in the robot um but of course it's too late at this point he gets up to the surface and sees the like viscera remaining of unit two it's like not even a body or anything at this point it's just
1: yeah i mean i, I feel like the implication I, I guess it's interesting because like shinji is like shown horrified by this but because he was able to hear asuka's voice on the intercom i feel like he probably should have known, well i think he knew like...
0: but maybe just the shock of actually seeing it was a lot yeah.
1: worse And yeah, that's true that's true anyways like Before we kind of move on to what happens next here, like, where, you know, Unit 1 starts to do its thing, like, here's where I kind of want to get into, like, why I think this movie really bothers me. Like, I feel like we've kind of been talking about this, and is it not an unreasonable, like, take to say that, like, perhaps a lot of the, like, misattributed, like, contempt and, like, hatred for Shinji as a character that is often, like, found in, like, mainstream, like, audiences. Is a lot of this because of End of Ava? Because, like... Sure,
0: I mean, it's the last thing people saw, right?
1: Yeah, because here's the thing, right? Like, everybody knows about the stereotype, like, oh, Shinji's a pussy, why doesn't he just fuck these girls and get in the robot, right? Like, everybody knows of that, like, tired, dreadful old take on Shinji. And, like... Watching the TV show, I, you know, despite my fact that I, you know, I don't love everything about the TV show, I eventually came to the conclusion like, Shinji does not deserve, like, that kind of shit. Like, Shinji is a multifaceted character with a lot of different aspects to him. And, like, the reasons for his reluctance to pilot the robot, the reasons for his anxieties and fear, the reasons for his depression, I think are well founded and they're well supported in the TV series. I feel like the movie is almost just like exaggerating all of Shinji's most negative like traits until like they are the only aspects of his character in this movie.
0: I, yeah. I mean, we don't really see much more from him because he'll, he'll spend the back half of the movie kind of sitting in a chair. Right.
1: Yeah. And that's kind of what I mean is like, imagine like every single like stereotype that is like unfairly thrown at Shinji I feel like he lives up to them in the movie version. Like he's too passive. He's too weak. Like he's, he won't get in the robot until it's too late. Like he's this depressed, like passive sad sack that like takes almost no initiative on his own in this movie. All of, all of the things that are like maybe unfairly attributed to him in the TV series, he lives up to in this movie. And maybe that is why it's so frustrating to watch. This is like, Is like Shinji is just such a fucking sad sack of shit in this movie. To the point where like I feel like it even goes past like how he was ever characterized in the TV series.
0: Yeah, I I mean I think that goes along with what we were saying earlier, where it just it does feel like we could have used some extra buffer there of of the how did he get this far? Because I do think you could see Shinji getting to this point, the Shinji from the TV series, but you know, we didn't see the path there from you know the end of episode 24 to here i mean it, yeah. like ira said earlier given another couple episodes of showing the decline maybe it would have made sense but yeah it is and i it's funny because i don't really think i thought about it that way when i was first the first time i watched it and maybe that's just my memory being fuzzy at this point but uh i, I
1: I think it's just it sense, is, sense, like watching the movie so close after the it show. Is like, it is true.
0: It is yeah, because like like you said, I I watched it only a couple years after the TV sh- series, so you know maybe, and that ended up being you know my perception of Shinji because that's the last thing I saw, which I think happens with a lot of people. So maybe that has something to do with it too. But uh,
1: like I don't know. Like for me, it's like so I never like liked Shinji as a character, but I always but I liked what he represented as a character in the TV series. I think he was well done. I think he was right. well written. And I don't think that's the case with the movie version. And I I guess it's just hard for me to tell, like, did, is that Anno's point? Like, like is, are, are there people out there who are arguing like, well, because all the fans shit on Shinji, like Anno decided to just like, double, you know, go full yeah. fuck you to the fans and double down on Shinji. And it's like, I, it, like if that was his intent, like, i guess good job but it doesn't make for like good or likeable yeah. media well i will
0: say something in movie shinji's defense but i think we'll get to that later in episode 26 so let's 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 keep the train moving uh i did want to mention there is actually an intermission in, in here even though it's like an 84 minute movie or something like that which- yes
2: and <laughs> uh, for episode 25 yeah
0: and Anno gave some weird shout out to all the people, including five women.
2: Five specific <laughs> that, women.
0: Uh, helped him or something. I was <sighs> kind of weird, but whatever. Um, also, I just find it funny that they have an intermission on a less than 90 minute movie, but.
2: I believe a death and rebirth. Also I don't mind. Yeah. More movies could use intermissions. Yeah. Tell me about yeah. it.
0: So anyway. uh Oh, I guess at the very end of 25, we start seeing the setup of uh, Unit 1's uh, crucifixion and all that, right? Or, no, wait, that's right. We just see it grow the the evil anime wings.
2: The wings. The wings, wings it had in the it. opening, but not in the yeah, And
0: Yeah, and then we'll get to the crucifixion bit in a minute. But uh, So episode 26 kicks off which has, I think, many different titles, but I picked, uh, there's Sincerely Yours, and then the final part is I, uh, I Need You. Um, and we come back to Gendo with Rey, back in Terminal Dogma, standing by Lilith, and if we recall, Gendo had merged, uh, Adam grafted onto his hand or whatever, and it's time to merge with Ray to kick off Third Impact, and he can finally see Yui again, and, uh, you know while he's doing that the that's when the 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 mass production units start setting up unit one you know i'm just gonna say now i feel like there's not like as much to talk about in episode 26 because a lot of it is just like the visual They're really
1: stuff. yeah there really isn't and i'm not like even that interested yeah in so we'll, we'll,
0: we'll just we'll just get through like, it here uh you know they start you know setting up the you know blatant uh crucifixion imagery of unit one uh you know impaling him with their lances and all that into and then uh
2: Fucking of, like, gives him the stigma of the floating tree of yes. so they that. create
0: the you know the tree of uh, whatever and uh that's been on gendo's floor in his office this whole time and uh yeah so while they're doing that uh ray actually rejects gendo which The only reason I like this is because the only time we see Gendo,
2: yeah, each
1: chick is the only uh, time we see Gendo uh, lose his cool. The fucking one and only time in this whole damn series. But Um, Ray decides she
0: would rather merge with Shinji than Gendo, and rejects Adam, and instead uh, joins up with Lilith, the giant who has grown back after having the lance removed and whatnot. And then Lilith, once they merge, they turn into giant naked Ray or GNR, as the Evangelion wiki calls her. Uh, <laughs> and uh, when I mean giant, I mean like like the size of the planet.
1: <laughs> yeah, like planet-sized. You know, like some like some like choking a if, uh, shit, not, you know.
0: If things were not getting weird already. They're, uh, they're going to get really weird now. Uh, so Giant Naked Ray floats up to I guess present herself to merge with Unit 1 and let's kick off, you know, Third Impact or whatever. Shinji is freaking out at this point. <laughs>
3: Shinji is like still like completely passive. Yeah, this. Like, I think given the I circumstances,
0: I'll give him a pass on freaking out at this point because you're it's some weird stuff going on because at this point he's like Floating in space, yeah.
1: and then a giant uh, naked Ray, yes. size of the planet, uh, it is, rising up. It is undeniably some weird shit. It's just annoying that like Shinji himself is like basically just a plot device. Yeah, for, like, he's the like, next,
0: the, like the key in the keyhole, minutes. basically at this point, right? Like, uh, so he's freaking out and is not uh, welcoming Ray to become one or whatever and so she changed so i guess guess lilith changes forms to look like karu instead and he instantly gives in so that karu yeah his s2 engine um (laughs) and so uh you know once that happens i guess this is technically when third impact starts and it's yeah. all basically, I forget who says it, but it's basically up to Shinji what's going to happen now. Um, and we dive back into his head, similar to... We go we go through a sequence which is a slightly nicer looking version of some of the things we saw in the TV series at the end. Um, at least they animated <laughs> yes. it, right? Um, mm-hmm. Including a like 10-minute sequence of little baby Shinji playing in the sandbox for like and getting mad
2: and angry right, like outstage or whatever and
0: yeah um we get another bit after that with primarily Masato this is another one that mirrored what what was happening in 26 where Masato is kind of freaking out that everybody's seeing everything including Shinji watching her having sex with Kaji uh, a little more graphically this time mm-hmm. uh, for the movies um, and generally talking about the idea that now everybody's merging together we can all see our whatever
2: can all become Uh, one and et cetera et cetera yeah and then
0: they randomly throw in some crayon drawings I don't know man Uh.
1: again I did not particularly (laughs) care much for this part now that like uh,
2: Asuka and Shinji can speak uh, for the first time in several episodes they kind of just rail on each other for a while
0: yeah, there's some back and yeah. forth as they're arguing the themes again.
1: I mean, again, it's kind of like I feel like again, like I I I know it's intentional, but it's just it continues to get into this aspect of like just like this way they have like completely like I don't know. Now what I want done Shinji dirty as a character, I guess, where like Shinji's like again, like doing what he was saying at the beginning of this movie he was like begging Osaka to like I don't know. <laughs> I don't even know what Shinji wants from Asuka at this point. Like, like it's all just like so like muddled at you know. Yeah. Like. And like, um, and like I, I think that she gets she gets it right off, off right off the bat, where she's just like, "You're fucking yeah." Pathetic. They have the,
0: the the bit in the scene where she basically kicks his ass, right? Like.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. Fucking pushing them over.
0: Yeah, pushing them into like the pot of coffee or something like that, or whatever was happening there. Um, and yeah, so that all, like I said, breaks down into weird abstract stuff again. We had the crayon drawings, and then like an uncomfortably long scene of like jumbled images doing nothing
1: for like several
0: minutes. <laughs> and yeah. uh, I
1: think I, I'm sure some some sad sack out there has fucking done a fucking video essay or written a thesis on, like, every single image in that montage. I don't know what about that. Represents. This this was worse
0: than the black-and-white photos in uh, episode 26 uh, previously. I don't know if there's anything to even find in there, but you're right.
1: I mean, I suppose this scene is proof that, like, maybe some of this was just, you know, Anno running out of money, and maybe some of this is just fucking bullshit. I do, I do have
0: so, to wonder if we want to add another layer to that question of how much was... Intentional at the end of this TV series, I would imagine they had more resources to and time to animate what they wanted in the movie. But now, were they being influenced by what they did in the TV series, where they had to like keep up that? uh,
2: Like, I want to see the version of this movie that was just actually them doing episode twenty-five and twenty-six with a normal. Because
0: twenty-five is pretty literal, but like twenty-six, it ends up being weird again um and uh but yeah we get that jumbled image montage thing and i think somewhere around there is when they start slowly fading in the famous uh tumbling down song yeah
1: yes so you know there's uh there's two there're there two good things about the <laughs> evangelion um the really great fight scenes and just top notch technical presentation of this film across the board by the many hardworking and talented, uh, animators that work at Gynex, And, uh, calm sister Todd is a real fucking banger of a track. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, really, uh, really good, really good track. Um, you know, just, it's weirdly it's, catchy. Yeah. It's, it's kind of upbeat,
0: uh, almost like a gospel song type of thing. Like, let's,
1: yeah, let's, yeah, it's,
0: it's, I think they're trying to contrast the, the, like the concept of like, Know, like the rapture or something versus the actual what's actually happening which is like the apocalypse end of the world uh um yeah which makes for some fun uh quote
1: fun, uh, i mean i can appreciate <laughs> that they 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 portray third impact or human instrumentality or whatever as like this properly horrifying yeah
0: because at this stage so I think it's implied at this point, if I've interpreted correctly, that Shinji just decides that he's alone and everybody should die. And that's when literally everybody dies. Yeah. Uh, right? Like, or everybody starts dying. Like you start seeing like millions of like crosses floating up from the, the planet. or the whatever. The rays
2: start coming for people.
0: Yeah, the rays start coming for people. So we yes. see the
2: miraculously,
0: the bridge crew is still alive at this point. And uh, somehow,
1: not so for much get, longer, They get to though.
0: last to the very final moment when the Rays come to get them and they explode into Tang. Um,
1: well, and also things that the Rays, some of the Rays appear as, like, I guess the implication is, like, they appear as the person
0: you're, that, the, like... That you care about the most or whatever, right? Yeah.
1: Yes, yes. So, like, you know, Huyutsuki see, sees Yui, you know, Hyuga sees, uh, sees Misato, <laughs> Maya sees Ritsuko, uh, and, uh, Again, proving that Air Guitar Guy is the best, that uh, he is actually perhaps maybe in some ways the true unspoken hero of the story. That actually maybe Air Guitar Guy is actually the only person on this planet who actually knows the true shape of reality. Uh, Is hiding under the desk and cowering from a horde of rays. (laughs) Uh, maybe uh, once again prove that maybe that air guitar guy gets that actually he will not be swayed by the illusions right. of this uh, horrifying apocalyptic event that he sees. It's tr- he sees <laughs> right. the true face of human instrumentality, and he, cool. and, uh, he yes. fears it. Like, like Gendo uh, kind of gets to
2: come up and tear. Uh,
1: yes, no. Gendo, however, does not get to turn right. into good They uh kind uh, of
2: laid out for him. that you're just as be- like Shinji turned out just like you. Because you refuse to, like, yeah, he
3: you're, he
0: he you're, says you're all the
2: stuff. acts like a father, uh, and right. Yeah,
1: I yeah I, I, I like Gendo starts fucking trying to bust out the same excuses. She like, well, when I talk to people, they hate me and I'm scared. And it's like fucking like, look, tough look shit, look what asshole. You like, you're a father, like.
2: Yeah, and, uh, like look at all so the fucking harm you caused. They just bite him in half. <laughs> Yeah, you don't, yeah, you don't get to be, get a turn you, to goop. Not just even gonna sort of kill you, right? Fuck you.
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's a good bit. I will admit, it's a good bit. Um,
0: yep. So everybody, uh, uh, everybody dies, and there's lots of sex metaphors oh, yeah. in here somewhere.
2: Yep. All, uh, the MP- all the all oh, gray yeah. faces. Yep. Oh yeah,
0: I didn't even mention that that's yeah. super creepy cuz they all grow ray faces, and then yeah. once the once everyone's dead they impale themselves in ecstasy uh with their lances.
1: Yeah, that's certainly <laughs> the way that uh-huh. she's voicing it. And, um
0: uh, there's a lot of other blatant imagery uh that are like not so subtle a sex on of...
2: giant naked yes. stuff yes.
0: and uh you did one Do entering Giant Naked Ray. It's
2: kind of, vibe um, I got out of this.
0: Yeah. And uh, this bleeds into more artsy stuff. We got our mandatory artsy live action uh, yeah. sequence.
1: Our <laughs> Man flipping off <laughs> yeah, camera. So, I, I, yes, uh, specifically, like, uh, a large part of these live action sequences are shots of a theater. And uh, I think the implication being that these are you know, meant to represent well, you, the okay. viewer. You know, like a mirror the from viewer. Irel, but from from
0: what I remember hearing, didn't they actually like film that before the movie? Like that, the those, are, those are from premiere, showings or...
2: of Death and Rebirth. Oh, death, Okay, right. Yeah,
0: I was like, <laughs> were, they, were they were they cutting that in the the back? Movie? Was that why there was an intermission? Yeah.
1: Um, <laughs> and I guess like this is certainly why I see why some people could come to the like conclusion that like all of even- end of Evangelion is supposed to be like right, auto lashing like, out at his like, you know, right, quoted, we get like, quote quote like flashes Undeserving, like graffiti face. on
2: the Guy next studio and like messages he got that were death threats and stuff.
1: Yeah.
0: Mixed in with like B roll yeah. of like normal daily life and like naked women and
1: Yes, yes. And cosplay. then like a Masato uh asuka and ray yeah. cosplayer um so and, i
0: don't know if any of that actually means anything uh or
1: that's the thing that's right. the problem is like for me is like even if we assume that like okay Envy of evangelion very much is meant to be like a big fuck you at the audience it still doesn't work because there are too many parts of this movie that are gratuitous I don't mean gratuitous in like a violent or sex way. I mean gratuitous in like a self-indulging way that like if if, like if this movie truly were meant to be like a subversion of the fan base's expectations, truly meant to be like a like a a condemnation, it was truly meant to be auto condemning the audience and the fan base. There are still too many parts of this that like relish in like, you know. Relish in its own like accomplishments. For if Ano
0: really know. wanted to piss off the fans, he would have done what Yukihara told him to do and made Ray pregnant at the end of the movie. Uh, but <laughs> sadly, he did not choose to do that. Um,
2: uh, anyway, the way, the way it was always uh, explained to me when I was watching, uh, like back long, you know, a decade ago. Was that oh, this is like the show's 29, 26 happening like right here, this part of the movie, which like would watch it now. seems a little bullshit to me. Mm.
1: That again, that just People like, stretching. that just seems like another, a long line of like, yes. Of like Ava fans desperately trying to like create meaning where they're clearly, maybe there was some meaning, but it is not the mm-hmm. meaning that these fans are yeah. looking for.
0: Um, so, yeah, the live action stuff happens, and we come back out of that to uh, everybody floating around naked, oh, rays like on top of Shinji. Uh, well,
1: they're not really floating here. So at this, at, at like, this point, they're... they're,
2: the they're ocean of I mean, well, LCL or whatever, right? Yeah, at this point, and Shinji's
0: kind of grasping the concept of instrumentality. And how everybody's won now and everybody's happy because we're all connected and sharing our thoughts and blah, blah, blah. And. Shin, Shin, OK, so we'll, we'll get to, you know what, we'll get to that in a minute. Shinji at this point is like, this doesn't seem right, though. And he's still presented with a choice that if he wants to go back to being alive, so to speak, he can do that. You know, he still has the choice to do that. He has has the the
2: ability to turn off instrumentality, basically.
0: Right. If he so chooses. And apparently he makes the choice to come back. Mm -hmm. And it kind of leads us to our final scene, another scene that had a lot open to people's interpretation (laughs) or whatever, where he's washed up on the beach of somewhere. World looks like it's in rough shape, understandably.
1: Yes, there's a, the the ocean is red. We got the red. giant
0: dead Ray. Oh, because because Ray died after the yes. the giant naked yes. Ray died yes. and like literally deteriorated in extremely graphic manner. Uh, so like,
1: yes, her head her head in this version of the scene looks a lot worse than the version of the Ray head you see in like the end of Ava like
0: yes poster literally or, like, like fall cover for right? and then
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's in much worse shape than the <laughs> yeah action. I remember.
0: I remember seeing the, the 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 cover to the movie, which has like the picture. It's the final scene with with Asuka and Shinji on the beach looking at the giant yeah. redhead. And I'm thinking, oh, that's that just a some horror. sort of like you know design choice kind of thing. I was not expecting it to be like extremely <laughs> literal by the end of the.
1: Yeah, I mean the thing is like that. The redhead in that cover is like she's just straight chilling. She's like yeah. kind of smiling even. She's like, yo, what's good, guys? She's like I'm fucking god or some shit yeah. Give a, like the actual version of the scene she's just like no i'm fucking straight yeah, up dead
0: here <laughs> but uh yeah so shinji wakes up on the beach asuka is there with him she's bandaged up from her arm exploding or whatever and
1: also has uh, an her eye patch yeah, her or eyes are uh, bandaged, eyes are bandaged. Eye. So all the,
0: the the spots we saw her get directly injured in the fight and then uh yeah yeah he, he and so i guess he chose to come back uh, and he goes over to Asuka and tries to choke her out.
1: Sort of strangling um, her. Which yeah.
0: wakes up Asuka and before she gets totally choked out, she just kind of gently puts her hand up and touches his face and he starts crying. And she's gets one of the final line of the show in, you know, how what does she say? Mm-hmm. How disgusting or something. Uh she, Disgusted with him yeah. all over again, and that's where we end the entire series. That's how Evangelion and ends. Yep,
1: um, yep. And uh, so,
0: I did want to talk about the two endings again here because we we talked about the in the Platinum Notes how they said if the TV series is presenting the themes directly or whatever, whereas the end of Evangelion is a little more literal, which I you could argue that, especially in twenty six. I I think they're meant to portray essentially the same events except the final scene, right? right? Like I feel I always interpret it as the TV series because they do say it's it's too specific, it's two different endings. So right. I was this I always interpreted the TV series as uh Shinji choosing to be a part of instrumentality and that's the, the congratulations congratulations scene. Okay. um whereas at the end of this is what he chooses to reject instrumentality I, and comes back I don't know if from, I, to life or whatever.
2: That I don't way, know if I was about it, that way. Just I don't
0: know.
1: I don't know if I can. Yeah, okay. I, I agree. Well, with what you are
0: about. your guys' thoughts on? I guess the ending, but that that was kind of the way I always thought hmm. about it. I mean, <laughs> do you care at this I point? Do not, the, <laughs> <laughs> this, I guess it's the
2: thing. I, I hmm. The, the like ending to the t v series has always seemed more like emotionally fulfilling to me, but I guess it's supposed to compared to uh whatever the hell's at the end of this movie right I think it's uh, more emotionally is, I think even like in interviews, Sumakki or whoever has said like the movie end of Evangelion emotionally is disconnected from the show. Yeah,
1: that's a good way to put it. Suramaki is an intelligent individual and uh, continues to show that maybe uh, that man actually uh, holds the true heart of Gynax in him. Right, so, so, yeah, let's let's
0: just let's just move on then to that general overall concept of you know what are your th- feelings on this movie and is it a satisfying no,
1: no, no. all right conclusion. So. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, if you'll allow me, I do want to talk about the ending Before, a little bit more, but I okay, will loop yeah, that into my overall it. feelings on End of Evangelion. And, uh, so I was not really in love with End of Evangelion across the board, other than, like, the cool fight scenes, which, again, I don't want to make it sound like I'm a simple person, but it's more like the fight scenes are, like, the only part of this movie that I think are, like, morally and, like, like morally and emotionally uncompromised Violate like, the rest of this movie's like thematic failings in my eye, um, I think the ending, however, really sinks my opinion of this movie in a way that I was perhaps not quite expecting. Even though I know the ending of it, of, end of it, or I knew of the end of Evangelion, um, because it feels not only totally inconsistent, it almost feels mean spirited in a way that feels like kind of spiteful in like an unnecessary way to, to elaborate on that. um, So I I know there are many interpretations of Evangelion's endings, both the TV series and the movie. So I'm not going to act like mine is like, you know, fucking, you know, me 20 years later. Don't worry guys. I I solved the formula on Evangelion. I figured it out. I solved the case, but, um, The interpretation I always got from Evangelion based on the ending of episode 26 is like, is that even if life is hard, even if you struggle with depression, there is validity in struggling. Like, I feel like that's kind of what Shinji kind of gets into at the end of 26 is like, I am going to continue to live because even if living is hard, even if life itself is a struggle that struggle is worth it, because life. A struggle implies life and uh, and a hope. You know, like I, I you know, because here's the thing. I think, I think, I think that the end of Evangelion, the, the the TV series, is in some ways intrinsically hopeful for people with depression, in the sense of like, it is not saying, "Don't worry, you'll fix it someday." Like it isn't saying that it is in fact much more, and this ties into Masato's speech at, in the movie that like life will not get easier, life will not necessarily get better, but tomorrow will come if you continue to live. Right. Like, and it may hurt, but in some ways, the po- the possibilities of tomorrow does that not I think make the it worth movie the movie?
2: Kind of gestures at this like, when he decides to like. Recorporealize out of the ocean.
1: Yes, yeah, so so he rejects instrumentality. I was like, oh, okay, this is actually weirdly hopeful in a way. Like Shinji will return to real life, despite everything he has endured in this movie, despite how much of a sad piece of shit he's been this whole movie. At least Shinji will return to the real world. He will not retreat into escapism. He will stop curling up into a ball. He will live. But then I almost feel like that exact message is then directly contradicted by his actions in the last minutes of the movie, where Shinji's like, "Actually, I just wanted to come back to life so I could choke the life out of Asuka." And it's like, what is the point of that scene? Then, like, we don't see any other human being. We only that's, see that's Asuka. The most, Shinji, I think like,
0: contended point to uh, of. For interpretation is why does he choke Asuka at the end?
1: Right, why does he come back to life if just to fucking harm Asuka? So,
3: like,
1: what is the point? Why, like, why does Otto? Why does Otto decide to end it on this scene? Like, it's such a like mean spirited, so, cruel moment. Like on both their parts, right? I- I'm sorry, okay, I- yeah, I- I'll, I'll finish real quick. Just like Shinji is like, without a word, he's just like no explanation given. Like he is strangling Asuka, but, you know, ostensibly to death, like, he brought her back to life, he used his fucking instrumentality god powers to bring back Asuka back to life so he could kill her. Like, is he, like, like, is that supposed to, oh, that's what being human is? Like, that you can hate a person that much? That, like, you cannot live with the idea of them living in, like, this eternal, like, oneness with the rest of the world? Like, no, I'm bringing you back to life, I'm giving you back your individuality so that I can take it away from you. And then on Asuka's part, like, where she just says like so disgusting like you like whether that is like the situation or that's shinji himself like it's just all in all it just feels so based on like Feel, what it happened, feels like literally a gotcha minutes prior, right? the, these very yeah it feels so mean spirit it feels like Ano's like ha you thought you were gonna get a helpful ending nah fuck you one more time and then it's like
0: why so okay a couple things i would i would say um did did Shinji wish Asuka back or did she wish herself back because they do say if anybody wants to come back they just need to have the will to live or something like that so I'm I'm assuming that implies other people will be coming back at some point that's what I took it as and we know uh, we know we know Asuka definitely didn't want to die right but um there's that I so I, I don't think there's an, a definitive answer to the whole choking thing and but I Saw it as an extension of the last time we saw them together was where in that scene where he's choking her. Out. Yeah, where he's choking her. Uh, and I, it, it's yes. almost like yes. he doesn't. I don't know if he fully understands that he's back in reality yet until she touches his face, and then he realizes, "Oh, I'm back in reality." And he does
1: right, but he doesn't stop choking well, after, her after he after he that.
0: T- after he, like, after, uh, uh, he really- after she t- she touches his face, he stops squeezing and starts crying yeah
1: so. okay i guess he loosens up a bit. right but, but still like he's right not, he neck. stops
0: like applying pressure and that's when he starts crying and because because he realizes oh this is real now so that that's i don't think i don't think there was anything deep there to the like commenting on the just the nature of man <laughs> or something or whatever but the i think i think it
1: Oh really? Yeah. Are you are you sure? Because I feel like that's a lot of what Otto's trying to do. This I, I, whole th- I think I think
0: that is just, uh, I guess, showing where Shinji is at coming out of the instrumentality and reestablishing the you know the connection between these two and whatever is going to happen going forward. So that's that was my interpretation of the choking because because it does almost like feel like a continuation of the scene the last scene they were in earlier in the movie um but again i don't know i don't think anybody does and it has been one of the more you know talked about debated questioned analyzed whatever um sequences in the series
1: And yeah, but that's the problem is like I think that, like, I think that many people get this idea in their head that, oh, a good piece of fiction should be ambiguous. It should make you argue. Like, you should argue with a work, and that makes it a good piece of fiction. But, like, in that case, what does the ambiguity of this final scene even mean to serve? Like, because I think that, like, when you talk about, like, you know, shows and fiction with ambiguous themes and messages, you also need to ask, like, what questions are they asking then? And, like, I don't think that the questions End of Evangelion is asking in its final scenes are even that valuable or interesting.
0: Yeah, I will agree that a lot of End of Evangelion is... I'm not going to say fluff, but it's too... Uh, <laughs> it's the wrong mood to say fluff, but that's kind of what I mean, uh, where it's kind of more for show or... Yeah, a lot of set a lot dressing. Of set dressing. Uh, and- and-
1: you know, there's nothing wrong with good set dressing. I mean, that mm-hmm. fight is basically really good I, set I, dressing. But
0: wasn't even necessary to make this movie. Like, we kind of already hammered home all the. Yeah, food.
1: I'm beginning to really wonder that well, we, <laughs> after watching we ca- this. Movie, we kind of already
0: like... and 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 this extends to my our previous conversation of why I've never watched the rebuild mo- or whatever they call the movie, the new movies, because like I don't feel like we've we've yes. hammered <laughs> to death the message of Evangelion at this point.
1: Right. And so that is why, like, I again, I don't want to get to, I know, you know, Death of the Author and all that stuff, but I feel like this is why it is so important to, like, interrogate Anno's intent. Because, like, okay, let's say that End of Evangelion is Anno addressing the fans and his final word on Evangelion. I think I could accept that version of the story if Anno never worked on anything <laughs> Evangelion-related ever again. I think I could accept that explanation if... If, like, like, if, if this is like, if end of Evangelion is the last thing we ever hear about Evangelion, and we all just kind of talk, you know, twenty years in retrospect, being like, man, like, Otto really chose a, a really flawed and interesting and bitter way to end the story. I think that there is some value in having that conversation about talking about like, that about end of Eva as a bookend, but like, then he made the rebuild movies, so like. Was he even happy with the end of Evangelion? Like, was that even his actual final word? Or like, like what does he even want right. with is this? story? Is he ever
0: going then? to be satisfied like, with it? Um, right. I don't know. Um, I guess the only other thing I would say, and I think and this is one of the things I'm going to get into when we get to the second half of this episode, uh, when we get into our final thoughts. I do think a lot of the set dressing and everything is about creating a mood and a feeling and you can debate whether or not that's good or bad. Um, But uh, I think Ano wants you to feel a certain way or let's put it this way. I think he wants you to share his feelings, whether it's about himself or what he's going through. And, you know, we can debate whether or not he's, chose done that done a good job of that or you know if i don't want to say that if what he did was the right way to go about it or whatever but is it a, you know was it a good you know good way of going about it but i think we will definitely get into that in our final thoughts section um do you guys have any other parting words for the movie itself mm. iroh did you want to share any specific Thoughts on your rewatch <laughs> uh,
2: of the movie? i I feel like I used to think that, it, that if you're okay, I mean on some level, I still believe that if you're gonna watch Evangelion, you should also watch end of Evangelion, but I think after this most recent uh go through the whole thing, like I would have been totally fine not watching End of Evangelion after the show. Yeah,
0: I I agree because I I feel like I feel like my whereas my opinion of the TV series I feel like really held up my opinion on End of Evangelion did not mm-hmm. quite hold up as well uh, like obviously,
2: watching yeah. like obviously it, you know, on some level as part of the full experience that's why we're doing it um, but also but also do you, yes yeah. I, I but also like I do not regret want, watching this what Evangelion is selling. Um, you don't need this movie, I don't think.
1: I guess that's the thing, though, right? Like, I mean, we're not going to have this conversation right now, but, like, Otto probably wants you to watch End of Evangelion. I can only assume he Who probably would insist that this anymore? is, like, vital. I mean, whatever, fucking Otto would probably also... Let, let me, Otto, Otto would probably insist that, like, rebirth and death and the rebuild movies are also vital to the, the Ava experience, so maybe his opinion isn't worth jack shit. But yeah, sure. Like, but you know, like I am glad I watched this saying? movie.
0: But let me let me put this question out there: Would it have been better if you just eliminated twenty-five and twenty-six of the TV series and replaced it with this?
1: <sighs> no, nah. no, I don't actually think so. Um, I don't. Y'all can go back and listen to me. I was not exactly high on twenty-five and twenty-six. It really speaks to. Hmm. it really speaks to my feelings about end of evangelion that i look back on 25 and 26 a fair bit more fondly now i genuinely like episode
2: 26 like but uh, yeah i don't know Uh, yeah I, i yeah and you know maybe it is just as as Technically
0: deficient as twenty five and twenty six are, they still thematically f- fit like right in right. with everything that's, that was going on. That's kind of show. a
2: sticking point. To say. Is that yeah? There, this a, there doesn't a, there really a pl- follow from the show. Yeah, um, like tonally or emo- emotionally. Like even if the t- like literal events that are occurring are were clearly planned in advance and were supposed to happen at the end of the TV show, like th- all of the context around them is. Irrevocably different. Uh, I think,
0: like mainly Shinji. I, I don't know if anybody. I don't, think, I don't. know if all the other stuff is really that much different. But well, we've.
3: we've, we've,
0: we've, we've that I feel point. like for we me, it is definitely a lot Shinji, specifically. Like, but I feel like mm-hmm. that's like the worst portion
3: of it. Um. So
1: yeah. Like for better or worse, like you know, Misato. The way Misato acts in this movie is relatively consistent to her character. Asuka is as well in the grand scheme of things. Her bounce back is uh, pretty dramatic but like it is still within the scope of like who she is as a character. Unfortunately how Ritsuko is treated in this movie is consistent with how she was treated in the TV series. I really do think it's just like I think the primary sticking point I have with this movie is uh, how Shinji is written.
3: Yeah.
0: I do have to wonder is it like is <laughs> it Anno just being like, hey guys, you didn't really get it, I really hate myself. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but like, it's like, I guess that's a thing, is like, again, yeah, I don't want to get hard and like, there for... you know, like, I feel like, yeah, I guess it's just, I just, I feel like it's like, I feel like Shinji would went from a character in the TV series who was depression. a character with depression. With depression into the movie version yeah who's just like oh i'm just the walking embodiment of depression i'm the metaphor for depression and it's like one of those is easy to empathize again even if i don't like you know like emotionally like shinji as a character in the original tv series i can like empathize and sympathize with him because like the show has done a good job of like explaining who he is as a character and why he feels the way he does whereas the movie version is just like Man, depressed people. Am I right? Like they're sad and they're inactive. And it, yeah. it's just like,
0: it, it, it's, that's a tough.
1: I don't know. It, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't earn the right. lows. It's
0: a Shinji tough season. line to draw because I do think, like we said, I do think what Shinji's actions could have been believable with the, the proper ramp up, but they didn't have that. Whereas now it just feels like
3: shock almost, value.
0: You know, yeah, I don't know, shock value or just, yeah, yeah it, it made, it made, the, like, I mean, like, like, the, the, a... even just the plot would have been completely different had Shinji just gotten in Unit One like right off the bat, right?
1: Yes, and like, I think, I think it's very easy again to like unfairly characterize that as, oh, you just want more action. But I think it's actually no. What I want more is like right. consistent characterization and like, you know, I don't know, like the Shinji of episode 22 would have gotten in the
0: robot. When he saw the severed head of unit two and Kaji gave him the speech, he got in the robot and he fought the ribbon arms guy. And yeah.
1: Yeah. And like, that's the thing is like he actively, like, I mean, again, he didn't, he doesn't like piloting the robot, but he piloted the robot to save Asuka and like the others around him. Whereas like, Again, it just it just feels like the Shinji of the movie is like exactly the point of maybe
0: maybe like a real person could have that kind of swing, maybe, but like I I feel like when you're trying to tell a fictional story with a theme that you are building up to, like you don't want to undermine the theme, I guess, right? So like I don't know. There's a lot of I mean, we've probably kind of beaten that point to death. I I I think we've got you know that. I think we're all kind of in agreement on there to varying degrees. So um, it, it it is interesting because I I I remember I don't know if I ever really loved Edmund of Evangelion just because it's the type of tone and mood where I don't know if you could like be like yeah that was so much fun or whatever. <laughs> but uh,
1: oh yeah, no, I, no, I, I was still pretty likeable. high it's on it as like a,
0: a you know a work of art or something. And then watching it again, I, I still think it it is has like value to it but like I, I can see the the holes in it a little more this time around maybe maybe i just i'm used to being more like critical uh on uh, watching anime these days after years of blogging or whatever but <laughs> uh is interesting interesting experience coming back to it so all right well I think that is gonna do it for our end of Evangelion talk. We have completed the entire series. Finally. So congratulations. We are, congratulations. <laughs> we're
1: congratulations. We're gonna pull that
0: joke out again. And um we're gonna take a break that is totally not several days and just a just a minute here, and uh we'll be back to after we've uh collected our thoughts and we'll give our closing statements on the series and air all of our final grievances say whatever else we need to say about the series and uh, wrap this thing up so see everybody in We are back. Uh, we have finished up uh, the the TV show. We've finished up End of Evangelion. And it is time for our final thoughts. Time to empty the clip. Get off whatever takes we have left. You know, leave it all on the field. Whatever cliche metaphor you want to use. Uh, the end and- of Evanglorio. Yes. yes. We have reached the end of Evanglorio So... Uh, So yeah, we're gonna get into that, and before we get to some of the the deeper stuff, I did mention last episode, I wanted to ask you, G, (laughs) how much did you know, and how much maybe did you not know is a more interesting question
1: Sure. coming Uh, into
0: Evangelion. Were there any, like, shocking spoilers or things you weren't expecting that happened?
1: I'd say there still were, yeah, you know, I mean... You know, everybody listening knows that like I am the person here who is watching Evangelion for the first time here, and uh, you know, I, I, as a mecha fan, you know, you know, like you absorb a lot of things through cultural osmosis that are just scenes and moments and things that are just iconic to the genre. You know, this isn't just for Evangelion; this goes, you know, kind of across the board because of kind of the. Uh, the mecha as a genre could sometimes be accused of being somewhat insular compared to the rest of anime. Like, it kind of operates on its own logic and sensibilities, and because of that sort of narrower focus as a genre, people tend, mecha fans tend to be familiar with the canon of the genre, regardless of your, you know, experience or expertise, you know, right. the, the last I mean, how shooting many- from... Sorry, go how ahead. Many,
0: I was going to say, like, how many anime have referenced Evangelion since 1995? Like, oh, there's, no totally. way you can, yeah. there's no way you can watch anime and not at least pick exactly. up
1: Exactly. Right? Definitely. Yeah. You know, and that kind of goes, like I said, across the genre, you know, like. Watching the original Mobile Suit Gundam was eye-opening for me because it made me realize, like, how many shows were informed by its sensibilities. You know, same thing with, like, even though I have never watched any of the, uh, the Brave uh, series, you know, they have their, <laughs> they have left an indelible mark upon the genre in their own unique ways, you know. Well, you know, whether you see these in parodies or tributes, you, you know. You, you become familiar with, you know, poses and scenes and moments and that goes for, you know, Ava as well, you know? And so before I had watched the show, like, you know, I agree saying what I already knew is not that interesting because like what I knew about Evangelion beforehand was a lot of like stuff kind of out of context, you know, like, you know, watching the fight scenes from end of Evangelion out of context, <laughs> right. you know, like just like seeing famous moments, um, I will say I did watch the first rebuild movie uh, years ago, right? So like I was at least familiar with like the first third of right. Our, like
2: the first the rebuild movie is pretty cl- pretty much a shot for shot of yes. some of the early episodes.
1: Yes, you know, and so I think I think it, you're right. It is more interesting to kind of get into what I did not know, what truly did surprise me about Evangelion. Um, so you know, I think on a on a kind of structural level, um, I think I mentioned this before, a lot of the middle of Evangelion I'm not actually, I was not actually that familiar with, you know, and I think we kind of get, we got into this conversation, right? Like a lot of the stuff that like fans don't talk about 20 years later, you know, like basically everything after Operation Yashima until like, I don't know, uh, probably until like the Sea of the Rock, like that stuff i was not like super familiar with you know i was aware of the dancing episode i was aware of like you know the aircraft carrier scene you know i was aware of like these bits and pieces but like a lot of those moments i was not actually familiar with you know like which again ironic because like it is that it is that middle part of evangelion that actually like sells the show for me and like is why like i cannot like bring myself to write off evangelion entirely is because of like much of the goodwill that it established in those that's earlier kind of, parts
0: that's kind of when it's peak mecha anime right like get that stage. yes yes <laughs> it, it
1: kind of it kind of at its most mecha anime but I, I think it goes beyond that i think it goes into just like how well done it is you know how well executed it is just like it's a lot of good episodes in there yeah yeah um in terms of other stuff i was not familiar with um The specifics of Toji, another character that, again, I think is quite relevant, but uh, strangely not spoken of much in the fan base and not spoken of much in the discourse, but uh, uh, I was not really familiar, like, I was aware that Toji eventually becomes an Ava pilot, sort of, for, you know, an episode or two, but, like, I was not aware of, like, what eventually happens to him or, like, the specifics, you know, I was not even aware, like... The fight between, you know, uh, Unit 3 and Unit 1 is actually, like, one of the only fight scenes in Evangelion I was not, uh, on some level, familiar with already. So, like...
0: Okay, so you didn't even know the fight or anything at any point,
1: right? I was not even aware of the fight, yes. So that part, that entire arc, that entire arc with Toji I was not familiar with, and that's why I... Pretty fresh, ship. Yep. Yeah, uh, you know, which I think is interesting because, again, I actually think that arc with Toji is very strong. I think it's really well done, and again, I think it's a little <laughs> weird, and maybe it's just something about the fan base that like they kind of <laughs> glossed over that the
0: things that they talk about, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, I think finally the the really big thing that I, I was not super familiar with is uh, kind of the foundations of Asuka's character, uh, her backstory. Her origins. Oh, okay, that's a kind big... of what drives her to become who she. I was okay. I'll put it this way. I was familiar with the basic like two sentence description of Asuka. That is, you know, she's uh-huh. very <laughs> she is hot. She is hot blooded. She is very strong spirited, uh, but that she also harbors some deep seated insecurities. But I was not yeah. familiar with what those insecurities were or where they originated from. Right. And so, like, you know. It, <laughs> look again you know well not spoilers at this point but because i watched the fight scene from end of evangelion i knew that oscar did not get a did not you know did not really uh quote unquote survive the show in like some in she any meaningful raw, way She
0: gets a raw deal yeah. she gets
1: a raw deal yes i was familiar with that but i was not familiar with like the emotional lows she sinks to in the tv show you know i was not like I had seen, you know, I'd seen plenty of gifts of the throwing of the lance of Loginus into uh, the angel, and you know, that, but I was not familiar with what that angel had done specifically. I was not familiar with what he had done to Asuka specifically. Right. And so, like, I think that I don't want to say that these moments were the strongest just because I wasn't familiar with them, but like, they were definitely striking because because I was not like, I, I guess not prepared is not the right word, but like. You were f-
0: you weren't familiar with them though
1: yeah that's a good way to put it you know like again like i kind of knew on some intrinsic level that asuka harbored like some very deep-seated insecurities but i did not know the specifics so kind of seeing those play out were uh were more interesting moments for me
0: yeah it's interesting with asuka's i feel like you could kind of fill in the blanks like on a bullet point list of her, of her like tragic, you know, right. tragic backstory or whatever, but the execution of it maybe is, um, I mean,
1: it's done pretty well. I think it's something that you actually have to see for yourself, you know, I think like, right. for, yeah, I guess it's like somebody, some, yeah. somebody can tell, somebody can tell you that Oscar like, right. Is very insecure, but like you don't really understand it until you watch it, you know? So like, it yeah. is in those aspects that you know i am like i am broadly overall like glad i watched the series you know
0: right okay yeah there's a couple couple of good ones in there so i mean that's cool you got to at least take some fresh stuff out of it totally I, I just assumed like all like the actual plot like Instrumentality and all that stuff. Everybody knows that. Like, you can't not know that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, look, or, I mean, you know, Gendo <laughs> is evil. Uh, right. Yeah, whatever other, you know, like all the things that you see people making jokes about in every, you know, half of all anime ever made since nineteen ninety Right.
1: Totally. I
2: was amused the other, one of the earlier podcasts when you said you thought the Lentilonginus might have been a mid season upgrade. Okay, yeah. You're right. All right. I did say <laughs> uh, that. I was hilarious.
1: Yes. I was generally caught off guard by that because, like, there is an infamous piece, uh, not infamous. There is a famous piece by Yo Yoshinari uh, of the Ava units, and I believe one of them is holding the lance of Longinus. So it was like, oh, that's a cool drawing. And like Yoshinari worked on Evangelion, so I, I assume that you put that lance to good use eventually, <laughs> <laughs> fighting uh, off
0: angels with that lance. Yeah, that's a
1: cool looking lance. Uh, you know, when I saw embedded in the in, in Lilith, I was like, oh shit eventually pull that out and get to work, huh? Uh, I guess actually related to that, uh, the other thing that maybe I did not quite expect was, uh, again, I I think I need to make it clear, I do not like particularly like Shinji as a character, especially after End of Evangelion, but I do think that the TV version of him, like, does... It does put in a good like argument for why he is the way he is. Um, You know, like his depression is not just a plot device to, like, you know.
0: Be sad for the sake of being sad. Right,
1: he's not sad for the sake of sad. Maybe he is an End of Evangelion. I think he might be sad for the sake of being sad in End of Evangelion, but in the TV series itself I think, like, his personality is like, well-established and so even if I don't like it personally I do understand and respect the intent of the character in the show. Right. and, And what he serves in the narrative.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's all good good stuff but I guess that's going to, uh kind of set us up for, you know, the bigger discussion of, you know, now that we have finished all of the series, including the movie, you know, what are our final overall thoughts? And I think this has kind of been the interesting question, this whole podcast series, because we're all kind of coming at it from slightly different perspectives. I mean, g especially because you've, this is your first time watching it. Right. But, uh, you know, I I watched it way back when, you know, Ira watched it somewhere in between and, you know, Mm -hmm. our experiences uh, have all varied a bit. But uh, but yeah, let's talk about now that we've seen it all, what are what are just kind of our overall final impressions of the whole package and, you know, again, G, if you want to, if you want to go first, because you're the, you're, you this is, this is, the, you're the brand new <laughs> one here. Um,
1: oh, I was actually gonna, I was willing to let you guys go first, you know, cause uh, I have, you know, <laughs> look, as the person who's watched this for the first time, you know, again, I will not act like my takes are new or fresh, you know, on this show, but I, I have a lot of thoughts about this show. And so I figured, uh, instead of just letting me talk again for another like 15 <laughs> minutes. I figure, because uh, I am curious. I am curious for you guys as well. Actually, you know, ha- having watched this show before, and the show having you know served as like something of a guiding post in your familiarity with Mecca as a genre, I am actually curious about kind of what what do you guys take from this show now, having watched it again in 2019.
0: Um. Yeah, so I, Ira, I don't know if you want to go first then.
2: Just like, is it boring of me to say that it was basically how I remembered it? <laughs>
1: like <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I mean that's legitimate. You know,
0: I mean, is there anything
3: hmm.
0: new that you've taken away from it or anything new that you appreciate that maybe or appreciate more? Or uh,
2: probably that
0: you appreciate less.
2: Sure <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, doesn't treat women super great. As well. but also uh, but, but Aaron, I, might, I Otto, might as well just Otto say faked
1: the five women. he faked the five women in the intermission I, I, might a, I might
2: as well just say Neon Justice Evangelion is an anime made in 1995 and have it mean the same thing um, oh you're just going for the objective review here I see <laughs> <laughs> just, just stating the facts well, I'm, saying, like, I'm saying that means the same thing as it doesn't treat women very well okay okay (laughs) um as a uh mentally ill person i think it's a depiction of shinji in particular is like one of the most accurate uh of like a depressed person that i've seen in almost anything i would say um that's kind of that kind of stands out to me particularly uh on rewatch like
0: would you say say more so on rewatch that something you maybe understand better now or uh, right
2: like being able to see specific signs and stuff that like now i'm more aware of as an adult uh sure i get to go like oh yeah yeah yeah. that's very true to experience i
1: yeah i I guess that makes sense like
2: yeah like i've seen other stuff where According to the uh, non-depressed creators of oh, this card, you're supposed to be depressed, and I'll right. look at that and go, mm, "You clearly don't get it." Uh,
1: whereas, suppose, yeah, for right. better or worse, right, Ano comes from a place of authenticity on this,
2: right? So yeah. maybe that kind of that to it. Mm-hmm. And then um, yeah, just seeing like how well paced and plotted everything is uh, is really interesting to see. Like, now that I'm more familiar with uh, how anime is produced and such, you know, uh, like how we've talked in the past about how uh, it's easy to look at Evangelion as everything was plotted down to the minute from the very beginning, (laughs) but, uh, like, having watched anime for a long time now and realizing how down to the wire a lot of that stuff is. Like, how how
1: much of the last, like, the last few episodes of that show turned into, like, a very desperate improv routine. Right.
2: But, like, yeah. the, the ability of the show to be as well put together as it is, given
0: uh, the circumstances, is, yeah, it is it's impressive in its own yeah. way, or at least fascinating, right? Um,
2: in in a way that, like, I couldn't have articulated in the past just because I wasn't familiar with how these things were made, you know?
0: I, are you uh are you with me on uh, my opinion of dropping of 25 26 a lot harder uh on this I watch?
2: still kind of like kept 26 um because it's I think it's more interesting 25 I I think I said I didn't remember it at all existed, right? which means it was not good <laughs> um oh. but like the back uh like back half of 26 is still like I think it's good they made it work
0: yeah and then like what about end of evangelion cuz i was saying
2: yeah, yeah was, like, like my opinion dropped on that a little bit to- yeah tonally i think i would agree with that cuz end of evangelion is something where i remembered the uh like a literal plot beats of what occurs but totally forgot all of the tone of it uh which meant which pretty much means if i forgot about if i forgot about something it means i probably didn't like it
1: so, <laughs> right. so there you go. I, yeah, I. It's interesting because, like, because I watched these so close to each other. Like, I initially came away from twenty five and twenty six not that hot on them. I'm still not hot on them, but it really says something about End of Evangelion that it made me look back at twenty six and be like, you know, that wasn't so bad. I guess. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> there was a total right. consistency, consistency to it, and it wasn't as like fucking spiteful and mean spirited as the movie. So,
3: <laughs> right,
1: like it's it's interesting, you know. I, I do want to, I'm gonna call out the fan base here real quick, and this will be the first of many times I call out the Evangelion fan base. But uh, all you people out there that are like. Oh fuck it, Don't worry about twenty five and twenty six. End of Evangelion fixes the show. Like, you're <laughs> full of shit. Like you people. Yeah, the people saying like,
2: that are the same people who are like calling out plot hole, quote unquote, plot holes in media or whatever, right? Like the cinema sins type. Yeah, like end of like from a purely what literally happens standpoint. End of Evangelion is obviously more comprehensive in that events happen that uh, lead to an ending yeah, rather man. than a t- yeah. total peace. but...
1: <laughs> I mean, don't get it wrong. I generally prefer my fiction to be more literal and yes, comprehensive. Yes, I would know? agree. Really comprehensible. you know? Like but I, also- there's a reason why I don't really like Ikahara's stuff is because it is so, like, surreal and metaphorical. But, like, you know, when it comes to this specific comparison, like, <laughs> the idea that someone... But that's the, I see that take a lot, you know, like, like hey, like, don't worry. End of Evangelion answers everything. And it's like, no, I think it actually makes this whole story worse in some regards. But uh, I just had to get that out there. Had, had, had to fucking put that on the
2: record. So. <laughs> but yeah, it's kind of interesting going back because um, I wouldn't say Evangelion was ever a formative show for me or a formative right. mech show. Like... It was the show I went back and watched because everyone told me it was formative uh, after I'd seen other shows. Right, right, right. Right.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, in some ways I think that's maybe if, you know, (laughs) if I became dictator of the world, maybe that's how I would enforce watching Evangelion is that you're not allowed to watch Evangelion if it's your first mecha anime, you know? (laughs) I think that is in many ways, I don't know. May I? May I begin?
0: Uh, <laughs> is, is it time, G? You're, yeah, I think you're it is. Go, time. You're warmed so, up. You're you're ready to go. Yes.
1: Right. <laughs> you know, I think in many ways, you know, if I'm going to like start formally getting to my thesis on Evangelion here, I think that, I think that in some ways, Evangelion suffers from like both like the cultural context of how it came here to the to America. Like I'm not going to deny that is also hugely influential, influential in Japan as well, but I think that the way it became influential actually kind of like vastly differs because of the contexts of how it was released. Like, oh yeah, I think that for better or worse, I think uh, you know maybe you know maybe you guys can 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 point out some some arguments against this, but I think that in general, I think that the West and I think Western media criticism and discourse. Tends to have kind of this like overall obsession with the concept of originality. Like, oh, this thing that I like a lot must be great because it is unique, right? Like, it must be great.
2: Highly value novelty, um, whether or not it's actually there yeah whether that novelty is actually there yeah perceived novelty is a good way to put it whether that
1: novelty has actually been earned there's often like an obsession in the west with like oh this game does things no other game does oh this anime does something no other anime does right this book does something no other book does and i think this is very different from like japanese media where i think that like the more interviews you read from the famous creators, you know, in anime and even Japanese video games, you know, like Tomino, like Otto you know, like, you know, guys like Amaishi, you realize that actually, I, I mean, again, and I think of that like a, a cruel or cynical person could call this like, oh, being pr- proud of like being derivative. But I think that in Japan, you tend to get a little bit more of creators like being willing to admit like, no, actually, like I did this thing because like it was deeply inspirational to me, you know, like this was a very, like this, this, this informed a lot of my sensibilities when I grew up. And that's why they're here in this, this work. And so I think that like a lot of my issues, I think in the grand scheme of like my issues with like Evangelion or not even Evangelion itself, but like the discourse, the cultural, yeah, the, the, the discourse around Evangelion, especially in the West is this like misperception of like its uniqueness, you know? And you know, I think finally having watched this show, I think I can confidently say that Evangelion is indeed a mecha anime, and that uh, not only is it a mecha anime, uh, it is one that is deeply informed by the various influences that were taken by its, you know, its director Hideki Anno and the rest of the crew at Gainax, and. I think mean, you guys can you can agree with me here. I think these inspirations and themes, you know, similar to like the oft praised uh, SSSS grid band that aired last year, <laughs> like that also in many ways, you know, was deeply inspired by even Gilead itself. Like these tropes that it, it evokes and makes tribute to, and in some ways does genuinely deconstruct. It could not be done insincerely. It could not be done like, unless the people involved were not like deeply like intimate with, you know, with the
2: right, with that th- cultural heritage. I think on this panel that was never ever in doubt. <laughs>
1: I know, I know. It's just I got to get these things out on the record so that everybody else knows how I stand on this. shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that for uh, you know, for better or worse, I think that like the West doesn't get a lot of that Japanese context, right? Like, uh, I I I actually I did some research. I actually fucking hit the books, so to speak, to kind of find some interviews with Ano, kind of talking about like his influences, right? Like. And so like you have the very obvious ones, right? Like Mazinger Z, you know, uh, Space Runaway Ideon, uh, Devil Man, uh, Ultraman, of course, you know, like you know, you see very like many very <laughs> sincere like tributes to those toku sensibilities, you know, Devil Man, Ideon, you know, Mazinger. There's the you know, the the oft cited like go nagai esque sensibility of like great power is not inherently morally tinged one way or another or you become it, a it,
2: god or a devil god or
1: devil right like well, <laughs> what will you do, what will you do with a power that is given to you and, and i think that theme is very like like very apparent in evangelion and i have this quote specifically from anno that kind of maybe gets into the core of like this is made who clearly knows what he's talking about and that is those are the aspects of what i respect about evangelion um so he says uh Actually, with Evangelion, I only thought of renewing the genre. At its core, Mecha is still Mazinger Z. I thought to myself how Mazinger Z would be if it was created today. In the subgenre of giant robots, there is a type of image that stays in your mind. The robot which appears behind a mountain. It is at this moment that I said to myself, Damn, whatever I do, I cannot escape Gonagai. And I think that that quote really does, like, do a great job of kind of getting into, like, Anno's, like, very apparent influences. And, like, I think the reason why Evangelion is, like, a unique and valid show that I think is, like, really, like, influential and important is that, you know, you know, it's, uh, how do I put this? Um, It's capturing mecha anime at its time is that word? Yeah, You're yeah, I think I think that is what it is. Like it is capturing like the like I think the reason why it's important in Japan is because it captured like that zeitgeist at the time and like what really elevates Evangelion above like so many other shows is it took that cultural heritage, that very real heritage, that very real legacy of mecha anime and it elevates it further because of how Gainax was able to leverage that understanding. And I think that because in the West we didn't have Mazinger, we didn't get Get Get-A-Robo, we didn't get Gundam, like, you know, we didn't get a lot of these shows until much later, you know, and even now in 2019, I feel that many, like, you know, because Mecha is such an old genre, like, we don't see a lot of that stuff in, like, the Western, like, cultural zeitgeist, and I think that, you know, because of that, the Western discourse has, like, kind of actually kind of has like a very like myopic understanding of like why the show actually matters versus why I think a lot of people think the show matters.
2: It's Mm -hmm. a very different context.
1: uh, Yeah. Yeah. And I think that is, you know, that's the reason why, like, you know, like, I think that is very much why I very much push back against like the oft, like, you know, uh, you know, I think everybody here has probably read one of those like mainstream, like, anime articles, especially in the wake of the Netflix airing of the, like, oh, like, you know, ten important anime to watch after Evangelion, and, like, no <laughs> mecha anime are listed, you know? Or, like, you know, oh, what are, like, five cool robot shows to watch after Evangelion, and it lists, like, you know, fucking, like, Code Geass <laughs> and Gurren Lagan, you know? Well, and it's, like...
0: Yeah. Go ahead.
1: Sorry. And, and I think it's, it's just, like, it's just like I think that's what has always bothered me. It is, like, there's this weird, like, you know... <laughs> like the unspoken is,
2: premise that mecha began with evangelion
1: yes this idea that like evangelion like either that mecha anime began with evangelion or that maybe even worse actually maybe the 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 take i actually maybe despise even more is that mecha ended with evangelion that like oh evangelion is the book end of the mecha genre like don't worry everybody like evangelion finished the book finished writing the book on giant robots like you know, I think that, like, to go back to that Ono quote, he was trying to renew the genre. He was trying to have a conversation with it. And, like, do I genuinely think that, like, mecha anime has continued to kind of fail and struggle to, like, converse with Evangelion? I totally agree. I mean, one only has to look at stuff like Razafon or Darling in the Franks to see, like, how poorly mecha as a genre has conversed with Evangelion. But, like...
2: But, like, not- I, I don't think in Japan exists the, like, cultural thought that evangelion is like the one you right, know yeah. it's totally it's like a deeply influential and extremely good popular series but it's not the one yes you know? i think that's a good way to put it Ero. thank you like
1: like evangelion is important undeniably important i could never ever like take that away from it but like i think that in japan yes like evangelion is like you know unit 01 would appear on the mount rushmore of mecha anime but, like, <laughs> it would not be, but, but like, but, like, you would not make the fucking Lincoln Memorial of Mecha Anime <laughs> with Unit 01 sitting on the chair, you know? Like, it, it's not, like, I think it, within the context of Japanese mecha, it is hugely important, but, like, not, you know, it is not the end all be all, which is, I think, the problems that, you know, I have with, like, you know, many of the Western fans of, like, Ava specifically, but maybe not of Mecha Anime mm-hmm. itself, is, like, the idea that, like, oh, once you've watched Evangelion, like don't like like oh don't worry that's the only required reading for mecha anime right like like this mm-hmm. idea like oh like no other mecha anime matters because once you've watched evangelion like <laughs> the, the debate has been settled or something right. and i i i think that has always deeply frustrated me with like a lot of the again i don't want to say casual or mainstream but i like just i think the people who were like who have watched Evangelion because they are told to watch Evangelion, but then have not followed up on any of the other like very important, like cultural influences that led to, to the, to the things that actually make it special. So gee, I want to follow
0: up on that mostly to just give you an opportunity to, yeah, I guess answer this question, but you know, is it, is it fair to expect people to have the context is always the question I ask on, on that kind of thing. Like, uh,
1: it is. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Yeah. So, like, I mean, I guess you could you could say if uh, if they're going to open their mouths and talk about Evangelion in the context of mecha anime, then I guess yes, they should be doing their homework. But um, and I, I mean, is that specifically what you're talking about here? Is it-
1: I I think so. Yes, because here's the thing. I I don't mean to gatekeep. You know, like I, I I'll be honest. I'll be honest. If you if you watched Evangelion and you loved it and you bounced off, if you bounce off literally every other mecha anime in existence, like, you know, like you do you, that's your taste. Like that's, that's fine. You know, that's fine. Because in many ways, Evangelion is unique, you know, like it it, it is not unique in many ways, but it is undeniably unique. And if it's, if it's the one for you, like go with God, you know, I think where I often like get frustrated is like, you know, i don't know it is it is it is it is that you unlike know, is that what...
2: other mecha anime <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes i think it's when people attempt to speak from a, a a position of expertise that they have like very much not like earned right. that you know i think that frustrates me i think that like often you see far too much like writing and discourse out there that like i think gets into that in a way that like it, it does, you know. It does. Fru- it does frustrate me. I think that like, if you're going to speak from a position of authority, you should. I think you should do your research. I think that, like, again, I'm not going to say fucking. If you haven't watched the original Mobile Suit Gundam, you're not allowed to talk about mecha anime. But it's more like if you want to have that conversation, though, if you want to have the conversation about like what Ava means to the genre and anime as a whole, like. I think you do need to be more familiar, you know. I
0: think it, it's fair to criticize people about context if they're going to bring up context. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, I think so. You know, I think that, like, uh, and I, I just think there's a dearth of, like, you know, again, people could write whatever they thought. Fo- we live on the in the era of the internet, motherfucker. Anybody could just put whatever they want on the internet, and like, we just the rest of us just have to live with it. Right. But like, I just think that like if you want to be a part of that conversation, I, I do think that like, you know, even if you don't watch the original mobile suit Gundam, like you have to at least be familiar with like the themes it deals in, because like, you know, just to use like that off-sighted example, like Shinji being afraid of getting in the robot, like that's a trope that's literally decades in the making in the mecha genre. And like, that's a thing you should be familiar with if you want to talk about like, you know, Ava or Mecha as a whole.
0: Right. Okay. I mean, is that, uh, you know, basically getting into your uh, your opening thesis on uh, <laughs> the
1: Evangelion being in a, me- a mecha anime? Yeah, I mean, that is. I think that is why, like, you know, it sounds very, like, silly for me, like, oh, my thesis is that Evangelion is a mecha anime. Because I think that, like, obviously, I think nobody would... I think most people would not deny that, but I, I, I want to... I want to reclaim it, because, like, I think again because i think too much too much of the discourse because of i think that western obsession with like novelty there is a desire to claim evangelion for like i don't know <laughs> what is the opposite of mecha like what is what is outside of mecha like like claim evangelion as like a piece of like to take it away from mecha I anime mean, that oh it, it stands above that genre you know right. like oh it's it's better than the rest of the genre whereas you know like i think the reason i created a thesis is because i think that it is very much a part of that genre and it is a very important chapter, you know, I think that I think that the conversation Ava has is both was both A, inevitable, and B needed to happen. Eventually. Like the the path that that Tomino took mecha anime down with Gundam was a path that was eventually going to lead to Evangelion. That conversation eventually needed to happen. Like And so because of that I do think that Evangelion is like very valuable to the genre in that regard. Do, and, do you
0: want to elaborate on that as far as like, are you talking about Gundam introducing more like practical uh, themes, you know, more realistic type of themes as opposed to just, you yeah. know, yeah, big giant, giant superhero robots.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I don't mean to get into the entire history of Mecha here, but like prior to, you know, uh, Gundam, the original 1979 mobile suit Gundam, you know, this is not a, a fair generalization, but it is a, it is a generalization that like giant robots in general tended to be kind of just giant metallic superheroes, you know, like you know, your your your, your giant robo and your tetsujins. And then and then Gonagai evolves the genre, you know, and he takes it in a and that's why I say Mazinger is also important to the like formation of Ava, because uh, it's it's very easy, I think, to lump in Mazinger Z with the rest of like early mecha anime, but actually Mazinger Z in and of itself was actually kind of a paradigm shift for its own time. It's the first piloted
2: you know? one,
1: it? Uh, and I don't believe it was actually the first piloted mecha, but it was the it was one of the first mecha anime to actually get into sort of the more Again, this is like very slight, and it, it was done by Go Nagai, so on only the way fucking Uncle Go <laughs> could do, which is aka as edgy and violent as possible in some ways, but like <laughs> mazinger z began to introduce this idea of like the mech as a monster right like the mech as like the mech is kind of a natural phenomenon man-made but like a phenomenon that cannot be controlled and like the idea of like what does one do with this sort of unlimited power do they do good or ill with it right and then gundam however is the one that kind of begins to introduce the idea of like the mech, not as a superhero, but as a machine, a war machine, you know, in the context of a war, you know, not a, not a, not a weekly fight against, right. you know, monsters it's a, or evil scientists. It's a tank but, or a plane, right? It's... Right. A conflict between real humans with real human ideologies and like grievances with each other. Hmm. And then Ideon is... <laughs> Ideon oh, is that uh, I mean Ideon is of course is, is Tommyo being like well, actually what if none of this matters? <laughs> I mean
2: you know, basically like an interdimensional monster at that point yeah, in, in the yeah, shape of well, a yeah, truck.
1: I must I must admit I have not watched Ideon. I have I've done some more reading up on it since we've watched Ava to better like to better speak to it, but Ideon is basically Tommyo arriving at the conclusion that like actually what if mankind can't save itself? Actually, what if mankind doesn't deserve to save itself like And, you know, does that sound familiar to another mecha anime, perhaps? (laughs) (laughs) And so, like, I think all of these, like, tropes and all these themes were eventually building to the conversation that Evangelion was eventually going to have. You know, I, I cringe whenever I hear, like, the whole, like, X show deconstructs the entire genre, you know, whether that is Evangelion or Madoka or whatever you have. But, like, I think that in some ways that deconstruction, you know did have to happen eventually eventually someone like anno and Gynex had to come along and look at gundam look at mazinger look at ideon and be like not what is the logical conclusion of all this but like what are many of these things taking to like their harshest most grounded most cynical conclusion and you know that is eventually what evangelion becomes and you know, unfortunately, like here's the thing. You know, just earlier in this podcast, I was railing against the idea of Evangelion being the bookend of the mecha genre. But I will admit, like, and this is the thing that I hold against mecha as a whole, rather than, rather than the fans, is that like I think that in many ways the mecha genre, that the, the people who are a part of it, have in some ways failed to like take that conversation forward. You know, like I think it, I think it's telling that like. But I'm going to be very honest. I think that the only two mech anime that like have really ever had a meaningful conversation with Evangelion and its themes are uh, guard, which I mentioned uh, earlier in this uh, series of podcasts, and uh, Guren Lagon. I-, I feel like those are maybe the two mecha anime that like have actual hmm. meaningful conversations with Evangelion and its themes. You know, because in many ways, again, I'm not one of those guys like, oh, Guren Lagon is the anti-Ava, but like. Having watched *Even Young*, I actually can come to a better appreciation for *Gurren Lagann*'s themes, as like goofy and bombastic as they are, because like perhaps both *Gurren Lagann* and Ava arrive at the, arrive at the, the the base conclusion. Actually, what if human humanity isn't worth saving? Right? Like, what if like like what if humanity does not deserve does not deserve to be saved? If it does not deserve this power, you know what next? And I think that both shows come to equally like equally valid but very different conclusions. You know, I mean. Maybe one of them is a lot goofier than the other in right? execution, but like I think, but I think that is like a completely valid conversation to have. You know, I think that where a lot of mecha anime fucks up is that a conversation is a two way street. The reason why I list Daigard and Guren Laga, despite their like huge tonal differences with Evangelion, is I think those are shows that are conversing with Evangelion. They are like saying, "Hey, this is what you said, and this is what I'm going to say in return." Whereas I think too many shows are more like Darling in the Franks, where they're just like. Let me just parrot what you've literally just said, you know? But I'll do it worse, like by every possible metric.
0: So let, let me let me just redirect a bit back to like Evangelion itself here and your experience watching G. Would you say Evangelion is good? i mean did you enjoy it in any capacity or
2: <laughs> i mean i would potentially posit that whether something is good and whether or not is enjoy it or two different things yes
1: yes right. i okay <laughs> that's a that's a that's a question that is actually maybe the one i wrangle with the most in my feelings about this show um I want to say that I genuinely enjoyed the experience of watching Evangelion. However, I uh, I think that Evangelion as a show, as a story, as a vehicle for delivering the thematic like intent of Ano and Gynax, I think that it is so intrinsically compromised in so many ways that while I recognize its influence. While well, I recognize its impact, I personally cannot say I love the show. I, I don't dislike it, but like, I, I think it is a good show, but I don't think I could ever call myself a fan of it.
0: When you say compromise, are you talking like the technical aspects or what are you talking about?
1: Kind of everything, to be honest. Like the technical aspects, the directions it eventually takes. Um, I think a lot of this is unfortunately laid at the feet of End of Evangelion. Um, Sure, you know that. Unfortunately, is not even the final word on Evangelion. <laughs> no less than that genre, <laughs> because Ano has decided he's going to keep making oh, more. Sure. and so we want to go is... there, but yeah, no, we're not. I'm not. We already kind of got into that a little bit last in the first part, so I'm not going to get into it here. But just like what what is Ano trying to say about Evangelion? What does he sure. want to say about the show? Because I no longer understand.
2: Because I mean, one could say that the the ways that in which any piece of media is compromised by its production or will make it interesting.
1: Yes, like I said, interesting show. Impactful show. Influential show. You know, like, uh, again, like, if I were to comprise, like, you know, the mecha mecha anime Mount Rushmore or, like, the top ten list of, like, the most influential mecha anime of all time, of course Evangelion is on that short list. It's probably in that top five, maybe even top three. But, like, if I were to create a list of the best mecha anime of all time, Evangelion probably doesn't even make my top ten. Like, maybe top 20. Maybe. Like, I... Because I, I think it is compromised. Like, like not just technically, but I think morally in a lot of ways. You know, I, I don't mean to be like some like fucking, you know... I don't know, like, moral crusader. But, like, there are just so many things about Evangelion that are, like, so, like... I don't know. Some of this is just my taste and my sensibilities. But it's, like, so cynical and so mean-spirited. And again, maybe some of this is just e- End of Evangelion's fault, but, yeah. like, it makes it hard for me to, like, again, like, it, it makes it hard for me, for me to be a fan of the show, you know, like, in the way that, like, one describes themselves as a fan of something. Like, like, not that you can't be a fan of something you don't like, you know, I mean, I am a fan of Mecca and, and everything that comes with that, but, like, I don't know if I could ever call myself a fan of Evangelion, because like, There are things I love about it. There are some things that it does magnificently. Like, there are things that Evangelion does that I truly am forced to admit it does better than any other mecha anime I have ever seen. But there are also so many pitfalls that it, 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 it stumbles into. There are so many ways in which it trips and struggles. And, like, no matter what the intent of its creator, the actual execution of that intent and message are so, like, murky and, like, just, like, I don't know, just like shaky. That like, you know, I, I, I guess I cannot come away from it saying that like I wholeheartedly uh, uh, liked the show. It
0: is uh, not a perfect show for sure. It is uh...
1: right, and I, I don't, I don't mean to say it should be a perfect show or that I would like it if it Probably was. I a lot perfect of people do you like
0: feel that way, <laughs> or or think so, yeah. but yeah, it definitely has its. Uh... It's flaws for sure. Um.
1: Yeah, and I guess, I think for me it's just like as somebody who likes things that are flawed, or I have liked things that are flawed in the past. I think that Evangelion is, despite the many great things it does, I think it is too flawed. Uh, in, it, in, in just too many in too
2: many important ways. It's wild to me that you would say that people think it's not flawed. <laughs> like I
1: I think there are I think there are people out there who like are like I mean again. How many people out there truly fucking get out there and say, like, this show is perfect from start to finish? That this show, like, is the final word on mecha anime? I mean, like, I, I can only assume that those people who are saying that hold the opinion that, like, the show is, if not flawless, then entirely perfect in its, like, execution of its intent. I mean,
0: the re- the, I know this was a long time ago, but the reason I first watched it is because everybody in the proto internet back then was saying this is the greatest anime of all time. I, I was like, I guess I better right. watch that because like, everyone's <laughs> saying it's the And I feel like that talk has died down a little bit over the years, but there's still people who have that in the, in, in the
1: I I think it's still out there. I think it is out there. And I mean, maybe you have to be a masochist like me and you have to expose yourself to it, you know, but enough of it is out there and enough of it is out there on mainstream outlets. Th- that, that opinion and that discourse is out there enough on mainstream outlets or mainstream as far as anime can get anyways that uh yeah you know okay if, if it is a minority it is still a vocal one yeah
0: i i i don't think that has died out or will ever die out and maybe we'll get into that mm-hmm. a little bit later here in the conversation but um but yeah i mean i guess if i can switch gears a little bit and offer some of my perspective on on rewatching um i guess with me like when you hear me talking about stuff that i like i always talk a lot about how does it make me feel uh, i talk a lot about, <laughs> about feelings and not so much about details because generally i tend to not really care much about the details it's just did, did you get me there in the end and i think that's why i have a much higher tolerance for like abstract and you know weird stuff and you know whatever it's like I, the the what, what matters to me is like and i hopefully this doesn't make me sound too
1: pretentious, but like,
2: (laughs) like the the asterisk there is that's hard to to talk about such things without sounding pretentious.
1: Right. Like, I'm not going to like act like people are not going to listen to me and be like, man, what a fucking pretentious dickhead that guy is. (laughs) I'm
0: just, I'm just, I'm just saying for me that like when I, when I like the, the the type of art I enjoy is like when the artist can like successfully make me feel a certain way that, you know, or make me share the way they're feeling. Right. Like, I, I like there are many ways you can accomplish doing that and I tend to not really care how just did did you find a way to do it um and i I guess with Evangelion I've always felt like i've always personally felt like it accomplishes that well but maybe prior to rewatching this i've always i've thinking of it more in like general terms like like everybody can feel the 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 sense of you know hopelessness and frustration and you know whatever sad emotion you want to stick in there even even you know the the aspects of ano's depression are, are are pretty clear to pick up but i was thinking about like as i was re-watching and this this will this will probably dovetail a little bit into your points g um like uh, kind of narrowing down more specifically the feeling it was giving me as it feels like when you're struggling to enjoy something that you love, if that makes sense.
3: Mm. <laughs> um,
0: so like, I feel like when you watch it, you can tell, I, I feel like it's very clear that Ano loves anime. He loves giant robots. He loves Kaiju. He loves, um, Military documentaries, whatever. There's a, there's a lot of things that I feel like you can see his reverence for in in the material, and yet he can't just like do those things at face value and enjoy it. Does, if, that, if that makes sense, um, and you know, part of that is you know whether it's stemming from his depression or you know whatever he was feeling at the time. Uh, you know, he ends up expressing you know that you know this uh sort of you know self-loathing if you will um out of all of that and um I just found it interesting like like even I had mentioned when I was talking about the that Ikuhara interview how he brought up kind of that point I was thinking because he mentioned uh I'm paraphrasing here something to the point of something to the effect of uh I, I wish I had it up with me but it was something to the effect of like maybe the idea of just... Enjoying an anime, scene novel to Ano at the time, <laughs> like like he couldn't just <laughs> he couldn't just like enjoy the things that he enjoys. Um, you know, he was he was driven to make this, and I think what I also find just fascinating about the whole thing is like, um, I do feel like, and we may never really know the answer to this, but I do feel like the making of Evangelion and the the end result is a lot more organic than people think and then even I originally thought. Um, I have to wonder how much of it was just Anno being tasked with making a new anime, sitting down, and this is what like poured out of his soul, as opposed to him thinking I am going to write an allegory for my struggles with depression. Uh, and I find that aspect of it interesting, uh, but like either way, I still feel like it successfully gets the feeling across to you, and I think that's what, to me... Is like, I think was hammered home on this rewatch, but also just like why I, I feel like the show is like the, probably the thing that I appreciate the most about the show and why I think it's like special. Um, and I you know, it does have a lot of. <laughs> I do appreciate the, the 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 mecha anime aspects, and I think they are critical to getting that feeling across. Because like I said, that's part of like. Because like I actually I don't even think. Evangelion is a deconstruction of Mecca I, I think, yeah I would agree I, I think it like I said it whole I think it holds a lot of reverence for the genre like a deconstruction is like gonna like pick it apart and like you know tear it the pieces and you know point stuff out that you know maybe nobody's thinking about I don't, I don't think that's the case really with Evangelion. it's it's really a vehicle for you know highlighting this feeling that Anno is getting across to you so you know, all those things combined, I think make it a very unique and special anime. And i i I feel, I felt, I was, I was glad that it, the, at least the TV show, held up for me rewatching it. And, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I mean, I, I, I'm saying I'm a little more down of Gellian, but I still, you know, I still think I appreciate it to a certain degree. But, but the
1: totally the, the, I, I the uh it.
0: the the TV series, I'm glad it held up for me. It still had the same emotional impact for me watching it and i just feel like i understand that more even more so or at least i have more perspective on it i found that very interesting on the whole rewatch so i guess if you want to get into the <laughs> the feelings aspect of it that was kind of my
1: oh i mean my I mean,
0: takeaway from uh from watching again
1: yeah and i think that i mean i think those feelings are valid you know i mean i think that at the end of the day like there is no hard and fast rule on how one evaluates fiction, how one evaluates media, you know, like I am not going to act like I hold every show I ever watched to the same standard. I held Ava of like, how did you execute on your like thematic intents and messages and blah, blah, blah. But like, and so I think that like, I think you are correct, gel. I think that, uh, in many ways, Evangelion does succeed in what it sets out to do, which is communicate the emotions and feelings of, of the creators who worked on it and a uh, uh, crafting that crafting and evoking that, that feeling uh, in the show itself. Um, and uh, I, I guess this kind of ties into like what I said, I think a few podcasts ago where like, I could like academically appreciate everything this show was doing, but like there was no ability for me to like really feel anything in my heart for Evangelion, right. like, for its characters or its plot developments, like, you know... Yeah,
0: I was thinking about and, that, too, because, like, I kind of agree in that, like, the individual characters compared to, like, you know, pick, you know, a lot of my other favorite anime where the individual characters are the ones I'm very, you know, sympathetic and feel attached to. I don't necessarily feel that way in Evangelion. I guess in this case, I almost feel... Like, more sympathetic for Anno, um, or people who are going through what Anno was going through at the time. Um, like, it's almost on that level where the emotional connection is, maybe. Whereas sure. the characters mm-hmm. kind of feel more like, uh, I don't know, more, more um, ciphers, yeah, kind of like metaphorical for you know particular feelings or you know whatever
1: (laughs) i mean if that's if that is the case then that could very well be a reason why i i guess i feel like i don't really have much of a connection to evangelion because like i don't know i i think i'll always just be the kind of person who holds the belief that like i think that it's good for works to be personal and i think a work can be very personal but like at the end of the day like no matter how personal or introspective like a piece of work is it still needs to be like a well crafted and entertaining piece of like media for me to like enjoy it i guess like i he-
2: i hesitate to look at any work it's like with i hesitate to look at any work as something to be looked as a window to view a person uh, yeah like that always strikes Obviously, there's some validity to that. Um, we wouldn't consider any work to have meaning unless it was created by a person. But at some point, if you're trying to get a reading on a, on the person through the work, I, th- I feel that's potentially misguided. As I think, a, I As think opposed yes. to viewing the work itself.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think that's kind of a good take on it, Eero. I think that's kind of what I was... You, you did a better job of explaining, basically, what I was trying to <laughs> try to suss out There is is just like... I think on some level you have to make that separation between the artist and the work, and I think that much of Evangelion. I mean, I mean, maybe perhaps some of the issues with Evangelion is that the artist and the work are almost, or at least they, it, it gives off the the impression that they are one in the same, and that is not as interesting to me. I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, it. it I mean, it's not like it's not like it's entirely just, oh, this is, you know, I feel bad for Anno or whatever, but just like the it's, it's almost like I would compare it to uh, a a simpler version might be listening to a song, right? Like I feel like, I feel like something in song like if somebody's singing about, you know, their heart is broken because their girlfriend left them or something like that. Like, I feel like that's a, a much like more direct, easier to, you know, uh, <laughs> easier to illustrate example of like, you know, connecting with the, 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 person, you know, sharing an experience with the person. So maybe it's not so much about like them specifically, but you're, you're having that like shared experience.
3: Sure. Peak. Yeah. So
0: I think that's more what I'm getting at than like, this is a, you know, autobiographical story of Anno and that's what interests me, I guess. But the fact that there's like this shared experience that we can all, have I mean it's it's not just you know everybody watching the show has this you know shared experience where we all feel you know feel this or at least the attempt is there for us to all feel this same thing right but I don't know maybe that's getting a little <laughs> abstract or whatever but that's uh <laughs> I
1: mean you're the one who likes the Ikahara shows yeah, so that's so, you kind know, of that... I
0: mean like I said that's that's my perspective I can understand people are not <laughs> going to necessarily buy into all of that but I like to talk a lot about feelings and whatnot, so that's kind of where I'm. From. Sure,
1: and I think that is an entirely valid way to to enjoy and consume a work, right? But uh, I do
0: like cool robots too. I think we were talking about this today, so like, <laughs> when when I actually think about what my favorite anime are of all time, they almost all have robots in them. So
1: robots are very cool. Um, People sleeping on robots. Uh, They've been sleeping on robots for like the last ten, twenty years, and that is
0: also important to the. Uh,
1: the conversation for me but uh <laughs> i mean i think you know we've already said this many times but you know I, I i you know well you know one last time for for old time's sake uh i am glad that ava possesses its kind of multifaceted, cohesive identity you know like i am truly grateful that ava does develop in the way it does because i think that cohesive like whole of what evangelion is only exists because of like the way it like it tackles so many things with the same characters in the same world. And that gives it all like a much more like multi dimensional uh, quality to it.
0: Yeah. I guess, yeah, we can say that one more time. Like, you can't really take a piece out of Evangelion and it still be the same. Like, I don't. It, it, it needs all of its parts to be the show that it is, right? That's what we've been saying the whole time. But, uh.
2: Yeah, it's always weird to me when people are like. Well <laughs> the affectation that uh Ava's really about the characters and yeah. everything else is just a vehicle for that or whatever. Yes, I, uh, which is something I have seen. Um yes, I've have, have always railed against that sentiment.
1: I I think that like if there is like a if there is like a fucking like 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 if you want a fucking like good activation <laughs> phrase for me to like just turn me into like whatever like whatever like a fucking just berserk killer or whatever, like, Stop. the phrase probably, like, is probably that, like, uh, unlike other, I mean, not just that, but it's unlike other mecha anime, this one is about the characters. It's like, hmm. mother- <laughs> motherfucker, please, every mecha anime is about the characters. It can also right. be about the mechs. Um, like
2: Sometimes the mechs are characters.
1: And yes, sometimes. As we'll find out <laughs>
2: in The King of Braves, Gaogai Glorio, well, <laughs> you keep wanting to push that oh. one but i don't i don't think you,
1: i don't think you're gonna be able to pull it off here this <laughs> no, is not no. I, you, you do not have the fucking you do not have the fucking like uh endless willpower that i have to just keep saying uh legend of the Glorious heroes guy den that will eventually turn that into an oh, inevitability you
0: manage to work your uh-huh. one reference in for every podcast but,
1: uh, and all right you, yeah you, i mean you. i guess that
0: kind of touches into what the, the last thing i wanted to talk about is like the legacy question on the show. Like I've always found it interesting that of all the, sh- of m- many, many anime that have come out. I, c- I don't know if any anime has like really stuck around in the way that Evangelion has, like it got like super popular, maybe like outside of like the big shonen shows or something like that. But like the, I'm going like, to yeah, but, I mean, it got like, it got like super popular when it came out and it's really never gone away. Um, I guess maybe the the one difference I would draw between like the big shonen shows or something like that is like there's hasn't really been any new context that maybe the movies eventually that was but there was a ten year gap in between those and then uh, and then had however many year gaps in between movies or whatever. Was it yeah, another so, ten year gap? <laughs> I mean, like, why has Evangelion stuck around? Are we still going to be talking about still gonna be talking about it the same way twenty years from now? Like, is is it that? permanently embedded in anime uh history at this point i mean Uh, go ahead g
1: so my thinking is that i think it's a combination of a lot of factors um some some of it earned by the show itself and some of it i think just if i'm being frank just sheer happenstance Um, momentum Yes, more mom- momentum is a good way to put it. Um, so, of course, the biggest is that Evangelion uh, really blew up. You know, it was like one of the most like notable mecha anime of its time for a while. And a lot of this is because the genre was... Not falling out of style, but it was certainly beginning to kind of approach its twilight years in a way, you know, like there were still important mech anime being made, you know, I mean, hell, even within the time span of Ava, you see stuff like Gaugai Gar and Turn A Gundam, you know, you know, works I think are hugely important to like the genre, but, you know, Evangelion, you know, was the one that hit the big mainstream success. And I think some of that is the, I mean, I think quite frankly, and I think, you know, like, I think, that, I think this is the thing, like, people always talk about, like, oh, like, the writing and the characters, but... And, and I admit, I am a more visually-minded person, but I think it's also just that Evangelion has some very iconic designs. Um, I, I think people do, should not underestimate how important, like, a good flashy design is to, right. like, something that will... You'll never mistake Unit you know?
0: 1 for another like, show.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, there's a reason why, like... I mean, in many ways, there's a reason why Gundam also continues to exist. And like, you know, maybe not here in the States, but at least in Japan, you know, rivals or eclipses Evangelion in its iconic status. Because like, fucking everybody knows what a Gundam and looks like. Like a lot of that, you know, everybody knows Char's robot is like, well, red slash salmon pink, you know, whatever. But mm-hmm. like, you know, these aspects are visually uh, attractive and iconic. And I think that especially holds true for Evangelion, not just the units themselves, but the characters. You know, like, look, like, let's not act like Evangelion is iconic for lofty reasons. It's also iconic because of Asuka and Ray. Like, let's sure. Let's not get it twisted here, right? Like, a lot of the merchandising around Evangelion is less about the robots and more about those two characters specifically. Like, that's true. You know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Asuka and Ray figures, the Oscar and Ray backpacks and folders and uh, 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 bento boxes and toothbrushes and. If, just, anybody you know, just, if anybody's listening right, right now,
0: like, somebody go on myfigurecollection.net net and see, see <laughs> if any any anime characters have more figures created for them than uh, Asuka or Ray. Uh, <laughs> yeah,
1: and like I mean. But that's a, that's a what it means. Like, I don't mean that, that. I don't. I'm not saying that that aspect should take away from the show. But I think that like I think Evangelion does have a very, I, I think it has a valuable and earned legacy. But I also think that for better or worse, I think some of it is just the very aggressive merchandising of the show. And like a lot of that is because like, you know, despite some of the real ratchet shit he said recently, Sadamoto is a very good character. Oh, is he somehow. a cop now? Like, he's a very. Uh, we really not get into it. Today, we really cannot get into it now, but Katamoto has said some shit okay. that uh I let's put that worse than a aside. I'll yes. leave it at that. Uh, but uh, he's a very good artist. He's a he, he's a very good character designer. Like it's very easy to look back at rey and asuka now and be like wait really these characters are unique but like they, they they are iconic characters for a reason they have solid like unique designs that contrast well with each other like you can tell that like those characters were built from the ground up to be like right. appealing you know and i think a lot of the aspect of that is is that i mean right it's like look like let's let's be real like Fates Day Stay not like famous <laughs> because like, if it's like good writing or interesting world building, oh. Fate's famous because Saber it's is an iconic it's design. It's true. Rin is an iconic design. So the reason like, nobody that, cares like, about
2: Tsukihime anymore,
1: yeah, like if people actually cared about like the ain't writing and no, Fate, ain't
2: no faces out there. It's all right. Like I mean, there would there, be a lot more Tsukihime stands um. out there, but like.
1: And that's what I mean, right? Like, so so much of it. Is, I mean, and that's not to like it not the same for Gundam as well, right? Char and Amaro and Gundam and the Zaku might as well, own, be right, right. right? Like, of course, like like, but that's what I mean, right? I think like in many ways that legacy is also a commercialized yeah. legacy, mm-hmm. you know? Like, Gynax, Gynax realized they had a cash cow on their hands, and while they didn't like you know, fucking milk the shit out of Evangelion itself, you know, they did not make like Evangelion two, three, and four, you know. Well, props not the, yet, uh, anyways. Well, I guess they do. Are,
2: there are literally isn't there literally a spinoff?
1: I believe there's a PS2
2: game that is literally yes, called yes, the Office of I'm Two, of. yeah, which is very funny to me. That, that is that's very, very, very funny. I'm,
1: I think it's very funny that exists. Uh, apparently, I have not looked into it myself, but apparently the the manual and in, 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 in game like materials, written materials in that game, like supposedly explain a yeah, lot of the like foundational the, uh, the uh, classified
2: information file.
1: Yeah, yeah, valid like, how like in all was, the like,
2: lore. To, uh, we, we can't get to it no, now. It's no, I'm gonna, seg- I'm going if you don't mind me, go and ahead, go I'll ahead. segue this into one of the other reasons I think is Evangelion is iconic, particularly in the West, is uh the uh use, the use, however misguided, of Christian imagery and such. Uh, yeah, yeah, just like that. Just- I think to a lot of people, like I have literally had people tell me. That like, oh yeah, I watched Evangelion after church, as if like that's being incredibly subversive <laughs> or something. Uh, <laughs> like,
3: obviously, oh,
2: the I, opinion and the modern opinion has, I think, pretty much fully gone into all of that was bullshit. Exactly but okay, uh, was talk about. at about time, right? Like, I grew up in a highly religious household. Lots of people I know grew up in highly religious households, and I think like having that type of imagery talking about Adam and God and the tree of life and terminal dogma, etc., like to a young nineties Western group, like that lends it some credence that might yeah, not otherwise yeah. exist.
1: Totally. But like there's an air of like, I, like there's an I've, air I've of seen
2: religious like- people pick up the show because the title is Neon Genesis Evangelion. Oh, wow. Um, That's interesting.
1: And and I think that's, I think that's, I think that's, you're right, Euro. Like, I think for better or worse, like, it is imagery that resonates with an American audience mm -hmm. because it it invokes Western imagery that, like, you're either, if you're not, like, intimately familiar with, you are at least aware of, you know, like, look, like, you know, fucking, I'm not one of those guys going to go full woke and say, oh man, America is actually a theocracy. But like, actually, you know, I mean, fuck, dude. We say, you know, we swear under God and all that shit. Like, Like, it is a part of our everyday lives. It
2: would be less compelling to us, like, even though, like, quote unquote, objectively in the show, they're all just aliens. Like, calling them angels and such Yeah. Yeah. lends it Way to a Western audience, in particular. I think it lends it an
1: air of like
2: mystical, like
1: almost like mystical physicality. Actually, right. Like I'm sure there are people out there who like have actually taken the task to try and like interpret Evangelion as some kind of like religious text, almost. Right. right? Like I, I'm sure those takes or maybe those takes were more prevalent in like, the it's 90s and early 2000s. Yeah, like they,
0: particularly for Western audiences, immediately puts the idea of asking like spiritual questions right whether, whether right. They, and, yes that's you know I mean. we've all eventually come to find out that's not what everything is talking about but when that's the first thing you see is angels and crosses and stuff like that like you know our brains are hardwired to at least start thinking
2: in that direction right like our, cult- our cultural background
1: yeah. uh, i would i would totally agree and like again i think it's like And again, so it gets back to this idea of, like, did Evangelion actually earn its legacy or not? Like, maybe not, but, like, the combination of, like, the things it it consciously decided to do, I think, does lend to that, you know... It does lend lend it that that quality, and I think... I think, I think like, the last thing I would say, like, the last reason I'd say that, like, Evangelion has, like, really remained in, like, the public consciousness, you know, is, like... You know, again, I think that, like... I I might be a little bit biased here because I'm a Mecha fan. I, and maybe that doesn't happen anymore. I think that this era has finally come to a close, but I kind of, I I tend to hold a view of anime history that anime history has basically been defined into the epochs that were defined by the important Mecha anime that came out at the time. (laughs) I think that like you could actually track like the history and development of anime as a medium to like the important mecha anime that were like out right, like starting with like Mazinger Z, and then Gundam, and then Evangelion. Like y- you can almost like you can almost like effectively divide. I mean, not just divide... to like
2: what we what as appeals to us, and that's that's what we look at though. Like,
1: I mean, yes and no, because I think that like in some ways, like like. I think that's the thing, right? Like if we're talking about wanting about like mainstream reactions to like mech anime, I think that like every few years you have for some reason. anime, know, sure,
2: but anime as a I whole would... I think that's well, a little well, muddier.
1: Cheer well, me out on this, right? Like, I think that, like, when you talk about, like, the most, like, iconic or, like, you know, memorable anime of all time, I think even people who are not mecha fans will inevitably have some mecha on their list. Because, like, I think every few years, I don't know why this phenomenon exists, but I think every few years, despite the fact that mecha anime continues to air fucking almost at least a couple every year of, you know, highly varying quality, but for some reason, every few years, there is, like, the mecha anime that, like, Draws like the mainstream attention, sure. like to the level of like the biggest shounen out there, you know. Like, in the last few years, you know, it was stuff like Gurren Lagan or Geass. I guess or, the
2: last few years of 13 years ago. Oh
1: boy, yes, don't yeah. remind me how long I it's think this era, been. I think this, Fine. uh, I think that I era has,
0: if not ended, uh, it's it's been I mean, fading
2: out yeah. for a while. <laughs> People we're talking about yes. Darling in the Franks last year. I mean, yes,
1: Fine, I said those two because I didn't want to invoke Darling in the Franks' name again. But fine, yes, like Darling in the Franks, there are mecha anime that, for some reason, intrinsically draw like the wider the wider attention of 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 the of the viewing fan base. And like, but I think that, like, for better or worse, like, again, like, I think that. None of them really quite had the staying power of a Gundam or an Evangelion, and I guess this is a question that like maybe ties even beyond Evangelion itself, but gets into like what makes something iconic. I guess because like I refuse to believe it is actually just holy. Oh the no, quality it's, of the it's, itself, there's a lot of factors. Because, like like
2: I, I think uh, as long as you can get people to continuously talk about it,
1: right, and like. And how much of that is again how much of that is just the marketing? How much of that is just the commercialization of its most iconic elements? I don't, elements? I don't
2: know so much of the marketing.
0: I think I think you were right earlier on a lot of it is just kind of luck and being in the right place at the right time. Like it's it's got to be like what people want to see at the right time. But um I you know there I think there has to be uh, I think I think a more relevant parallel in slightly more recent times, would be would be uh, would be Monica. In I know it's not a mecha anime, but like the concept of something that is good, but probably became bigger for a lot of other factors, right? Like, uh, sure, like totally, you know, uh, being and part of that is being you know in the right place at the right time, and what what people want to see. Um, I think there has to be also, uh, you know, some, some kind of general appeal, like it's got to be something that's going to appeal to a lot of people. Like, I think, I think Evangelion has,
3: uh,
0: aspects to it that are going to appeal to people that don't normally, aren't normally drawn to, to mecha animated to begin with, or are not, you know, experts in the field, right? Like. And you could say the same for Monica. Yeah, gotta gotta have a hook. Yeah, So I mean, there. I think there's a lot of I, things that, I think you're right because because popular, almost more often than not, doesn't mean good, right? <laughs> like,
2: <laughs> right. Like that. That's why I'm more. I think I'm more cynical on this. Of like, sure that hook has to be there, but once it is marketing will yeah. draw y'all in but, but then there's I mean there's, there's like,
0: levels to it too where there's there's the there's the you know the hit of the week, there's the hit of the the, the year, there's the hit of the decade, and then there's the you know the hit of the century. Like there's like our okay, so that's coming back to my original question. Are we gonna just still be talking about evangelion twenty years from now, as opposed to like say, are we still be talking about Darling and the Franks twenty years from now? Later?
1: So my cynical take is the only reason we're going to be talking about Evangelion twenty years from now Momentum. is because the rebuild movies will still be in <laughs> recent memory. Like I, that's to why honest, they made <laughs> them. Yeah, again, it's like this is. I mean, again, I'm not going to act like Gundam is iconic just because of the quality of the work. Gundam is iconic because also they keep putting out more Gundams, and so like fucking whether I like it or not, I have to keep watching Gundam, and I have to be like, man that sure is a robot like, uh, with a white blue red and yellow place some fucking
2: interview about rebuild where they're like it's been like 10 years and now now there are people who haven't seen Evangelion so we better make more and, Evangelion I, I,
1: and that's a thing right like i think that like in some ways like sure Evangelion did not eventually get you know Evangelion wing and G Evangelion and like Evangelion 0080 war in the pocket but like you know like mm-hmm. i don't think it's i don't think it's necessarily just like oh like it's such a great work people are still talking about it 20 years later i think it's like the very smart like business suits you know that be at well next once upon a time i guess cara now like know that like this is a franchise they can keep trotting out like every few years yeah i and, mean like
2: i don't want to be too cynical it about that i that mean I, I i th- i think i hella cynical about that
1: i am honestly like i'm with ero here i'm pretty
2: fucking <laughs> Well, if we're talking about will they
0: do it, sure. I'm talking about is that the reason why people still are into Evangelion? I mean, I think they're, I, I think that obviously the marketing and the, the merchandising and everything is a, a factor for sure. But I mean, I, I don't want to totally discount the actual value and influence of the show. I mean, we've seen, sure, of course, I mean, sure. we, and, you know, maybe part of it is for better or worse, the creative influence that has been passed down to other work still even being made today um and you know that dna still existing uh so maybe that's part of it too but i guess are you saying uh i mean i think are you saying uh, in you know 80 years from now we're going to have Maki's brain in a jar making you know Evangelion uh i mean whatever uh, i don't King know like called, i guess so thing like <laughs>
1: I guess it's the things, like, I mean, I think anime, like video games, is still a relatively young enough genre that it is hard to, like, really tell, like, because, like, you know, in many ways, like, you know, like, anime, you know, like, the people who, like, were there at the very beginning of anime have maybe only, have only died less than, like, 20 years ago, you know, 20, 30 years ago, like, it is still a very young genre, like, in the same way that video games is a very young genre. So it's hard to really tell, like, man, like, are they going to fucking reboot Halo in 2100 or, like, something? Like, I don't know, they might. Like, is Final Fantasy still going to be around? It's really hard to tell, but, like, you know. uh... Well, I mean. But to get back to your question about, like, like, you know, Evangelion and, like, the meaning of, like, why something, like, blows up, I think that, like, you're right. Some of it is our inherent qualities to Ava itself, you know? I think that. I think that for better or worse, I think that the biggest, like most iconic works, they're they a combination of like, they are, well, broadly, they are genuinely well made. I think that they are to some degree subversive to the cultural tropes at the time, but not so subversive that they're going to turn off a mainstream audience that I think that the mainstream audience will be receptive to that subversion because they're already beginning to head in that direction, you know? Like, they're already, there's already, like, a, a, a like an undercurrent of, like, society kind of going in that direction, you know? Like, to, to to use the Gundam example, for, of course, like, Gundam itself was, in some ways, a subversion of the tropes at the time, but also, like, the audience for mecha anime and anime in general was already beginning to trend in that direction in, you know, you know, in many ways as a result of, like, you know, like, there's often off of talks about like how, like, media began to trend more towards that kind of, like, war and, like, on the boots-on-the-ground style fiction because of, like, anxieties about the Cold War and Vietnam and stuff like that. Like, like, society as a whole is already beginning to, like, trend in that direction, even if they hadn't yet found the work that would represent that. You know, I mean, I hate to evoke it, but, like, in many ways that's similar with, like, Game of Thrones, right? I think the reason why Game of Thrones blew up is because, like, it is fantasy it was like generally well made on a technical level it was subversive but like subversive in a way that i think the audience was already like receptive to and they just needed that it just needed to be the work that was lucky enough to be the one that gets in front of people's eyes at the right time
2: that's why i'm saying marketing like, right like,
1: yeah and I, and how much of that is marketing right like how much of that is just like because that's the thing like game of thrones was like a very old book right like is it just that they got lucky enough that like they happened to make the TV series like when the time was right when like the audience was like yeah. ready for it?
0: No, I think I think that's totally a factor. It's it's a lot of it's like a a chemical formula that if we knew what it was, we could just crank out hits, right? But
1: <laughs> oh yeah, totally. But it, but it, it is very imprecise yeah. science, I think.
0: But um, I don't know. I I think I think the. At the very least, uh, Evangelion's place in anime history is safe. Uh, whether, oh, totally. when I people mean. are recounting <laughs> the history of anime, it's always going to have a place for sure. And I, I mean, I mean if it we're will. looking for, of I mean, it will. what was coming out twenty years before Evangelion? We're still talking about some of that stuff, right? Like you know, Gundam or, you know, Yamato yeah. or whatever. They're still
1: cranking out movies for that. Like, there's so. You know, <laughs> I mean that's again, that's a thing, right? Once again, I think that's a thing, right? It's like how many of these works are iconic because, keep them, like, keep you going. know, to echo Ero here, yeah, like they keep making them. You know, like Yamato is a f- series that, frankly, I did not really exist in like my cultural mindset until twenty one yeah. ninety nine. You
0: know, maybe like, I remember
1: you know, yeah. Legend of Galactic Heroes to invoke that again did not really begin. Like, I was aware of it, but did not begin to exist in my mind until DNT. Like, how much of this is also just like the be fucking just like grinding endless machine of like media yeah. consumption. <laughs> at, least, at least they
0: waited 30 years on Legend of Galactic Heroes, right? But uh,
1: <laughs> yes, and I, I think in many ways, like you know, if 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 we we're like starting to like maybe like begin to round the corner to the final stretch of this podcast, I do want to like speak on one last thing, um, related to like all the stuff, and it's like related to this specifically, like just churning out the stuff time and time again, is like. I think the greatest, the actual greatest tragedy of Evangelion is that Anno himself became consumed by Evangelion, by this franchise. Like, I think it is a very, I think there's a tragedy that Anno has not made anything like, yeah, other than Shin Godzilla. He has not really made anything the... like new in anime ever since.
0: You have to wonder: did this end up just making him more miserable, or what? I mean, like, is this is now like an albatross on his neck, or does he? Is he just, uh, you know, tweaking it for real?
1: Uh, I mean, I think that's the thing. Is I think that I think it many creators
0: gets to perfect or whatever, but
1: right, and that's the thing. That is a sin that all creators commit. Like, uh, believe me, as an artist, I can say that. Like, it, it is the intrinsic desire of every creator in the world to continue to tweak something until this like vaunted ideal of perfection. And the reason why that most artists do not spend all, you know, their entire lives working on a single work is because of like the very real, like, you know, material and financial responsibilities we have, you know, like, you know, like I'm sure that like, you know, there are many like iconic anime out there that like, if the creators who made them had the choice, they would totally spend the next 10 years just working on that one thing until it's perfect. But they can't because like, it's not marketable enough. It's not famous enough. It's not putting food on the table. So like, most artists have to leave that instinct behind, but yeah, every now and then, you get that work that blows up so big that the creator is allowed to like indulge in that obsession. You know, I mean, I think to to, to make the parallel with like the video games equivalent is like Hideo Kojima and Metal Gear Solid, right? Like, is like you know, Kojima was allowed to become obsessed with Metal Gear Solid until it was literally ripped from his hands. You know, but even <laughs>
2: then, like you can look at. Every- Getting off topic, <laughs> then you can look at every game and see the holes where he could not polish it the way he wanted it.
1: Yes, totally, totally. And so I think with anno it's like I think the tra- the greatest tragedy of like Ano is like he cannot let him, he cannot let go of Evangelion, like, which is a shame because here's the thing: if you look at that man's career as a whole, he, he did some great he's, things. He's a great he director, like. Yeah, he's a fantastic director, yeah. you know? Gunbuster, and did he do Nadia? Did, did he direct Nadia, or was that- That was Ono? yeah. Oh, that was Ono. like, Nadia and Gunbuster, and, you know, like, the st- stuff he worked on with Miyazaki and, like, Nausicaa. How many other projects did like, not
0: get made, because-
1: Yeah, yeah. and, and, and you know, I, I joke about,
0: about, I'm just gonna throw that out there. Y-
1: yes, yes, the hashtag free Tsuramaki. Yes. Uh, but that's it. We joke, but I genuinely feel that way about- Ano and Kara as a whole. I think it is a tragedy that they, that, like, I think it's a, I think it is a genuine tragedy that a man like Tsurumaki, you know, you know, made, was, like, almost, you know, like, responsible, like, responsible for so many aspects of FLCL, you know, like, such a, like, unique and fresh and interesting anime, and, like, he hasn't really been allowed to, like, stretch those wings ever since, because, like, again like i'm not trying to make it sound like he's a slave but like <laughs> well, no but he feel, like maybe he's just chained by his sense of obligation to anno to like see evangelion through but as a result how many decades of his life were lost to this this monolith of a of a of a, of a property yeah like same with anno like like for better or worse for better or worse here's the thing here's the thing i'm, I'm gonna I, I, despite being the biggest trigger fan in the world i'll say outright I don't think Imaichi has actually made anything ever anything as good as Gurren Lagon ever since. I, I really don't think anything he has made since Gurren Lagon has lived up to that. Agreed. However however, I think it would be deeply tragic if here in 2019 Imaishi was still making Gurren Lagan. Right. I think I think that's, that would be that would be a tragedy. Like, even though they're not as good as Gurren Lagan, I am glad that Imaishi made Panny and stalking. I'm glad he made Kill the Kill. I'm glad he made Promare. I'm glad he's still trying new things because even if they're if, if not even if even if none of them ever live up to Logan ever again, I will still love that man's work because, like, you know, I mean, yes, they, I don't I want to say they're all unique and new, but he is trying different. He's making different things, and I think that is that will that will always be an intrinsically more interesting creator. Yeah. You know, even Tomino, who like is chained to Gundam, you know, for one reason or another, he made other stuff, you know, he made King Geiner, he made Ideon. you know, he made fucking Brain Powered, you know,
3: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's helping your case,
0: G,
2: but I get your point.
1: My point is that, like, he made other stuff, and like,
2: even his, like, other Gundam shows are extremely different.
1: Yeah, like, you look at, like, Turn or G Reco or Victory or F91, like, that's a creator who was obsessed with, like, like even within the same franchise, the same property, he is obsessed with trying new things because, like, I mean, you can read this in interviews. Tomino genuinely believes he has nothing he has nothing left interesting to say about the original Gundam. Right. Like he has said time and time again, he is not interested in the UC anymore. Right. He he believes that he has told the story of Gundam, and that like anything else that Bandai makes, I mean, he said it, he sort of says he doesn't give a shit about it. You know, <laughs> like it doesn't matter to him. And I think that is a much more interesting creator. Yeah then, like like, I think I almost wouldn't mind if like Otto made another Evangelion, but was like a different character in a different universe or like I don't know a different planet or whatever. Like, but the fact that like in 2019 we're still like, yeah. hey look it, hey look it's Shinji and Asuka. or oh, why she got the eye patch? Is that Kaworu? Like, yeah, it's. Like, I mean that was
0: my biggest oh, disappointment when the when the first movie was announced and they showed it. I'm like, why are you bothering to just do this again? Like. We've been yeah, here, like, I, and I agree, G. Like, if he, if if we were gonna take something Evangelion related, but just do a completely different spin on it, or like a different character, or some other other aspect of it, okay, fine, maybe, but like, this was literally, especially the first movie, was like, was like shot-for-shot shot remake of something that wasn't really yeah. that old yet. Like, it wasn't even that much time sure.
1: past. I mean, I, I, think, I yeah, and I think that's like what bothers me about Ano, like whether this is, like, a, you know, of his own design or because of, like, just the forces around him. But I just think, you know, like, if there's anything that I could actually... Like, if there's anything I actually want to hold against Evangelion, not just, like, it's, like, myopic, ignorant fan base. Like, if there's any actual one thing I want to hold against Evangelion, it is, like, what it did to Otto as a creator and his career.
0: Yeah. I mean, we like, will never, you know, it, we'll never know what could have been, right? Like, like, that's the hard
1: I just... I. Yeah, like, I just hold out this, like, naive, faint hope that, okay, maybe once Ano puts 4.0 to rest, like, once this is done... He'll be back
2: together. He's doing Shin Ultraman, right?
1: Right, and then he's doing Shin Ultraman, and it's like, the thing that actually worries me, the thing that actually worries me about his announcement of doing Shin Ultraman... Is that the reason why 3.0 got delayed? Is because of what Shin Godzilla, right?
2: <laughs> I think they seemed pretty determined not. That of doing it after 4.0. Yeah.
1: Okay, uh, and how much? How much do you think Otto having to say sorry, that is 3.0 because, uh, plus 1.0? Right, how much of that is the anxiety around like the idea that oh no, Otto is going to do the thing again? Of like, actually, we're just going to keep pushing back 4.0 yeah, and like just
2: like do Animator Expo 2. like please
1: sure hell do do something i don't know like that's a thing i this is i'm not saying this is easy all right <laughs> I, i'm not gonna make this sound like it's a light task but i think that i just want ano to do something new you know like something different like it's because i think that like all are talking about the legacy of evangelion about its enduring like its enduring like iconic status I just think some of this is just because like Anna won't let it go. He he won't let even he won't let Evangelion go.
0: He, he yeah, can't. and I mean the history has been written. Like, what is he going to do to change the history? Like, like I feel like the 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 reception to the the latest Evangelion movies haven't really been all that great. Like, but nobody I, it doesn't seem to impact doesn't seem to have much impact on people's opinion of the original stuff like so like what what is he going to do to like it's it's not even really changing the perception of Gelliot at this point right like maybe it is only for his own self-gratification who knows but um but yeah hashtag free suramaki he could have directed fully coolly two and three
3: don't. <laughs> Man, <laughs> you know,
1: Ugh, fucking world we live in with suramaki like, you know yeah, like yeah, you know uh, planet with
3: Oh, oh man, I mean, we, we need, need it's to talk.
1: Talk. <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's That's the frustrating thing. Like, and how many other like guys are there in, at cards? Yeah, how that many are other talents are they tied up, up? Right, I just don't know them. Right, getting like, to, but uh, yeah, well, yeah. It's
0: like I said. I think <sighs> I think at least for the the original series, the it's it's place in history is is, you know, locked in place and it's always going to be I think a fascinating topic to look into this show and talk about it. Um I yeah. know I've enjoyed The Ride re- having not rewatched it in a long time and getting to experience experience it with you guys and you know G you're your first we we I don't think, I don't know if the audience understands how long we've been trying to get G to watch yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, man, I have a. There's a lot of mecha anime out there, and I'm a very busy man. It's
0: so. uh, it's been it's been it's been a long time. Let's say that, uh, the, <laughs> you know. So I guess indirect thanks somehow to Netflix for being the catalyst for us.
1: Yes, for forcing my
0: hand. Um. Yeah. Thanks, Netflix. Thanks, Netflix. Um. Even though, uh, you know, they did what they did with it, but uh, but yeah. I've I've enjoyed this process. I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. I hope everybody listening enjoyed uh, following along. Um, and uh, I think that's it.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, once again, I think uh, thank you guys for you know uh, thanks to you guys as well for accompanying me uh, on this uh, on this journey. You know, I think uh, so just- I think it's been a really I think it's been a really worthwhile experience. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, uh, again, like, regardless of my feelings on the show, I am glad I got to experience it. Um, you know, it has, just like when I watched the original Mobile Suit Gundam, watching this show has helped me kind of uh, open my eyes to, you know, help, opens my my eyes to some context that, you know, that, uh, that, that I, I missed in the past. And, uh, you know, and for that reason, if nothing else, as you said, as you said, Jill, like, it's a deeply fascinating show. You know, I again I don't I'm not sure if I could call I, I'm not sure if I can bring myself to call it a good show, but it is a fascinating one.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All All right. We're finally done. I already do you have any final words before we uh, we wrap it up then? Uh,
1: congratulations. <laughs> oh, one
0: more time. Congratulations,
1: yeah. congratulations. We already did this at the end of the first we part. Did the end of
0: the, end yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. But yeah. All right. So um I'm tired. Yeah, we're we're done. I just want to do our if housekeeping one last time so you everybody oh knows uh please follow us at thegloroblog.com to see our other content, our other projects. Who knows what other podcasts we may do once this
2: convenient timing that uh we're heading into the leg of Legend of Galactic Heroes that was made post Ava. We- yeah yes. Huh, that's interesting.
1: Um, Huh. <laughs> so there you go., uh,
0: so check that out. so check out, yes, check out our other podcast, the Glorio chat for our general yeah, so anime yeah. talk. We've got the Legend of the Glorio Heroes with Iron G watching Legend of the Galactic Heroes. that's uh that's gonna be interesting uh, as we're hitting the end of season three on that one and then uh, <laughs> uh what other podcasts do we have? Well, I guess this one's ending, but uh, we also have the uh, glorious King of the Kaiju with Chris and Collins. Who uh, have uh, yeah. uh, I think a third, a third or fourth episode? Uh,
2: third, they watched third. The Gamera and Rodan, and coming up is Ghidorah, yes. the three-headed monster. Uh, so cool!
0: If uh, you know you want to uh, check out some uh, <laughs> a, a bit of a classier show with some uh, some British dudes talking about uh, <laughs> talking about uh, dudes in monster suits. That is. Uh, and, and including great segments like which uh, monsters would make uh, good stuffed animals I think that was one of the topics they had in there uh,
3: <laughs> definitely check
0: that out and uh, that's it guys so thanks everybody for listening and uh, we'll see you around
2: wait where's the fan service